0: Street in Bedford. He told officers that his father was at home, but when the badge was checked, it emerged his father had died. Appearing at Luton Magistrates Court, he was ordered to pay nearly £500 in fines and costs.
1: Researchers say warnings over electronic cigarettes are alarmist and that they could save thousands of smokers' lives in the UK. The team based in London published their findings a week after the World Health Organisation called for e-cigarettes to be banned indoors. Anne McNeil is from King's College.
2: Young people are experimenting with e-cigarettes, but it's largely those who are already smoking and there's very little use, very little regular use among uh, children who aren't smokers. What we also are seeing is a continuing decline in cigarette smoking among youth, so there's no evidence that e-cigarette use is leading to children using cigarettes.
1: The president of Ukraine believes a ceasefire deal with Russia could be reached within hours. Petro Poroshenko says he's cautiously optimistic a deal can be reached with separatist rebels. He was speaking at the NATO summit in South Wales, where tougher sanctions against Moscow are expected to be announced today. A man from Rickmansworth will today pay tribute to his uncle who was on board the first ship to be torpedoed by the Germans in World War I. 22-year-old William Stern lost his life when HMS Path finder went down off the coast of Scotland exactly 100 years ago today. His nephew, 85-year-old Malcolm Stern, will be helping to lay a wreath at the site of the wreck.
3: I've been following the history of my uncle for about the last 10 years and I thought I just wanted to be there myself, to pay my respects, to say some prayers and I've had a plaque made which I intend to drop into the sea, cast into the sea uh, over the wreck.
1: In sport, Hertfordshire driver Lewis Hamilton resumes his Formula One title battle with teammate Nico Rosberg at this weekend's Italian Grand Prix. Practice starts at Monza this morning, and Bedford Rugby Club start their championship season this evening with a trip to Nottingham. The weather, another cloudy and misty start for many, but with some limited bright or sunny intervals later. A maximum temperature 21 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties.
4: Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From Nine. The JVS Show.
0: With the big phone in,
1: the hottest topic of the
0: day and your consumer problems. From Twelve. Nick Coffer. Showcasing the very best of beds, hearts and bucks with great guests, loads of advice and the music you love. From Three. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From Seven.
4: Mark Forrest.
0: I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC Live. Local radio.
4: Today on BBC Three Counties Radio
5: Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Friday. Fri it's Friday, guys! Woo. OK, coming up on the show today, malicious tip-offs, blue badge rip-offs, and Justin gets his kit off, the shelf, and out onto the streets. I'm talking about his microphone, you perverts, and when I say microphone, I actually mean microphone, not his you-know-what.
4: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
6: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: Here's a song you've never heard before. <laughs> Tommy McLean, there, ladies and gentlemen. Morning. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, Thames Valley Police have apologised for wrongly arresting a Milton Keynes woman following an anonymous tip-off. Louise Davis went to the Independent Police Complaints Commission after the incident back in March 2011. The watchdog found the call to Crime Stoppers was malicious, and officers hadn't done enough work uh, enough to work that out. Well, I spoke to Louise yesterday, and this is what she told me.
7: It was very late. Um... A bit odd for someone to knock the door at that time of the night. Um, and then uh, I heard my mum struggling at the door. I had to say no, no. And uh, they just basically barged through. My mum um, got pushed up between the
5: wall and the door. How many police officers were there?
7: Two. Two okay. uh, at one point, I didn't really believe there were police. And um, I think that's what my mum felt as well. It just didn't seem to make any sense. But um, from what What happened was I heard that they had a a warrant to search the house for class A, class B drugs. This is what he said. Um, He then lodged his foot in between the door and the frame. So my mum couldn't keep the door, you know, uh, at the position she was trying to keep it at. She didn't want to let them in, basically, because I don't think she believed they were police. The way he was so aggressive, because we never had any involvement with the police it didn't seem to make any sense and I can understand where she was coming from but basically what happened was they pushed the door open
5: it was you they were looking for specifically
7: yes they said to me sit down and if you can understand in your own home when you've never been involved with the police and you didn't know what was going on it was one very rude of him to say that and also it was very scary I was just trembling and my legs were shaking and my arms were shaking um, and, uh, sat down and he said they had a warrant to search the property for drugs. And, um, apparently then it changed to burglary theft. They said it was a burglary, a theft. Um, wouldn't say much else. we tried to get the information out of him. My mum then rushed to get the, the other pages to go and try and get a number to ring a solicitor. Um, because it all seemed a bit, uh, odd. Um, then they said dates. They said dates for January, uh, 2011. Um, again didn't make any sense Um, they wouldn't say much more than that and then uh, on the sofa I came out of hospital about a week before I had um, an infection I was being treated for so I was still a little bit sore and still was resting at home and um, I had my discharge bag near the sofa and I just took my rest of my antibiotics that evening and the female officer picked up the green discharge bag and said is this yours I said yes and she poured it all over the sofa, rummaging through the boxes, um, and said, um, you're on all this, why are you on this for? And I said, I've got medical conditions. And then I had to explain to her what conditions I had. Um, And then I I was rested, and and, uh, my family pleaded with them, saying that I wasn't well, leave her alone, but they wouldn't listen.
5: This all came from an anonymous tip-off, didn't it? It Wh- did. When did you find that out? And, and, and obviously, without mentioning any names, any idea who would have done that? Not,
7: not a clue. Apparently, it came from uh, anonymous tip-off through Crime Stoppers. Um, the dates didn't seem to match. Apparently, from what the IPCC have investigated, and um, basically, it was just anonymous tip-off. It was
5: malicious. You have had a, a, a particularly long battle to get Thames Valley Police to accept any responsibility in this case and that they may have been doing something wrong. Finally, an appeal to the IPCC uh, was successful. How did that make you feel?
7: It, it felt great, um, but then I'm left with the the, the memories um, of what happened. Um, it wasn't just um, things like having the cuffs put on you. When I got to the station, I was put in a dirty cell, Um to be poorly and put in a cell for a crime he did not commit um they basically didn't have a clue what was going on and it was absolutely petrifying
5: Uh, you got an out-of-court settlement six and a half thousand pounds does that help how does that help
7: um actually i never did the case based upon money but i'm very grateful for my solicitor for taking the case against the police um It was mainly I was mainly concerned is about the um, investigation by the IPCC, and I'm very pleased with the findings. Um, Anything else that comes from this case is, you know, extra. But it will never, money will never get rid of what happened.
5: I've got a statement from Thames Valley Police. Let me just read some of it. Um, Thames Valley Police's Professional Standards Department investigated 11 allegations made by you and your mum. Mm. Of these, 10 were found to have no case to answer and management action, advice, was given to three officers. Following the investigation, an appeal was made to the IPCC and a reinvestigation was undertaken in relation to one of the complaints. As a result, management action, brackets advice, was given to two officers regarding a complaint. A claim for compensation relating to the matters of complaint was made and a financial settlement was agreed. An apology was offered for any distress caused to you and your family. What's, what's your reaction to that?
7: Um, again, the apology was nicer than to you know apologise, but unfortunately it doesn't change what happened that night it basically should have never happened
5: has this changed your opinion of the police
7: um well other kids you I was brought up you know you respect the police they do a great job to protect the public and um you know after what happened that night i have a very different view
6: For beds, cards, and bugs.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio. In Luton, there's a lane closed at the moment on Airport Way, just at Vauxhall Way, um, due to some roadworks that are taking place there. The M1 building up a little bit on the speed sensors between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood Roundabout and Junction 10 for Luton Airport. Taking a look in Brickett Wood, starting to look quite heavy at the moment on the North Orbital Road, just at Junction 21A for the M25. So far, checking on the trains, everything's running well across the three counties. No problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties
5: Radio. Thank you, Nicola. 616, it's Friday the 5th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Milton Keynes woman who was falsely arrested by Thames Valley police after they raided her home has been granted £6,500 in an out-of-court settlement. A man from Bedfordshire has been caught using his dead father's blue badge. Ranjit Dillon from Kiso admitted it had been convenient to keep using it. And researchers say warnings over electronic cigarettes are alarmist and that they could save thousands of smokers' lives in the UK. BBC's Three three counties Counties
4: Radio.
9: out, We investigate the beauty treatment that could leave you with severe burns. Hi,
6: I'm Simon. I'm a saxophonist. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. What
10: I can hardly express. Next
5: guy that wrote Strawberry Fields Forever and uh, Hey Bulldog. Nice one, John. No, he whimped out. He wimped out. Bless him. Still, never mind. Now, every now, there's a little bit of a music critique for you there, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Every now and then we hear about someone getting caught using someone else's blue badge. For a little bit of cheeky parking, maybe they want to stop off and get some minty biscuits or something. I don't know. Often it belongs to a family member. Sometimes it belongs to a total stranger. I believe there is a black market for these things as well. You you can buy them, can't you, if you want, from someone hooky. Um, And it usually belongs to someone who's still alive. Well, not in the case of a gentleman by the name of Ranjit Dillon from Kiso. He's been fined for using his dead father's blue badge. His excuse... Oh, it was convenient, wasn't it? Catherine found this one. Catherine, what do we know about this story? Well, what we
11: do know is that Bedford Borough Council do not mess about with things like this. If you cross them, they will take you down. Now, remember, these are, this is the council that traced the flight tip rubbish back to the oh, homeowner. Yes. Do you remember? She paid some chancer a tenant to get rid of it. Barbara yeah, Brown. Barbara we spoke Brown, to her yeah. She was kicking herself. Um, she got fined hundreds of pounds. And then there was a woman who got fined £400 for dropping a cigarette end um, in the street, and she got spotted, oh, and yes. they chased her up. And the initial fine was about £75. It went up, didn't it? Yeah, she thought they'd forget about it yeah. they didn't oh, uh, anyway you get the idea they're not to be messed with and I'm afraid Ranjit Dillon's the latest person to find this out he was parked up recently in Newnham Street in Bedford when a traffic warden happened to notice he was using someone else's blue badge now Mr Dillon admitted he was it was his dad's badge and he said his dad was at home The warden went back to his office, ran some cheques and found that the badge had been cancelled because the owner was deceased.
5: Boom. Well done, you, Mr Traffic Warden. Shame, shame, shame on you, Mr Dillon.
11: Oh, yes. Uh, Ranjit Dillon subsequently admitted that he'd been using his dead father's blue badge because it was convenient.
5: Yeah, of course it's convenient. You can park anywhere for free.
11: At Luton Magistrates Court, Dillon said what he'd done was stupid... And magistrates fined him £185 with costs of
5: £285. Uh, Bedford Borough Council, what have they been saying about this? Well, you'll
11: hear for yourself later. You'll be talking to Shan Hunt. She's the Borough Councillor overseeing revenue and benefits. But you can expect some tough talking about zero-tolerance approaches to this kind of abusive system, which is, of course, designed to help people who really need it. It's not just there to be handy for people who can't be bothered to walk a bit further. Justin's been out to uh, get the word on the street on this. Good, Good lad. Uh, here's what they said. I think they should become disabled and then they
12: would know what it means to be disabled and then they wouldn't do it because my husband has got one as well and he has to park on a wide space otherwise he can't get out the car. It's disgusting.
13: How do we solve this?
12: Give them a large fine and they won't do it again.
3: What's a large fine in your mind?
12: 1,500, something like that and they wouldn't
3: do it twice. It's a thing that happens. It's been happening now for as long as I can remember. I've had one for years, but I, it's always gone on. How do we solve it? Well, you can't. I mean, in this case, there's a load of people parking in these bays without a blue badge. No one does nothing about it. Really? Yeah. Because, quite frankly, if I can't park in a. I have to have a badge, I have to have a white, white door to get in and out. So, if I can't get in a, into a disabled bay, I have to look around for somewhere where I can get in and out. And that is my limitation. So these people that think they can use these
5: badges uh, illegally, ultimately, are affecting your way of life. Well, I quite agree that, yeah, that is a fact. This has been going on since they were orange badges, hasn't it? It's nothing new. We need to change the system, don't we?
11: Perhaps, but don't ask me, because we've got someone better qualified coming on later to talk to you about this one. Well read. I'm talking to Paul, you'll be talking to Paul Who's talking to
5: Paul Slowey? (laughs)
11: We can both talk to him. But I think you'd be better at your job and you get paid more than me. Paul Slowey is a blue badge fraud investigator for a specialist investigation and criminal prosecution company. He's coming on later on at 20 past eight. He reckons one in five blue badges are misused. He's noticed a decline in the use of fake badges. Good news. But bad news, an increase in people using the badges of people who have died. What time's he on? He's on at 20 past eight.
5: I have got my mum's blue badge in my car, mm-hmm. in the glove compartment.
11: But that's for use when she's in the car, well, right? Well,
5: no, it's not, actually. It's for when I want to get some milk. I'm joking. It's not. It's an old one, and I've got it in the car because I need to um, apply for a new one. But to apply for a new one, it's, and this is like a few years out of date, so we've got to do the whole process again. It's really hard to apply for a blue badge. You have to to almost literally, not quite literally, jump through hoops. I keep looking at the form and going, "Oh, we don't necessarily need it because she, for whatever reason." But. The form is really in-depth and complicated. Would
11: she have to be assessed then in person?
5: I think I think she probably would have to be assessed again and it's 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 kind of I don't drive her around that much anymore, so it's not necessarily worth the hassle. My
11: my grand's got a blue badge and the first couple of weeks she used it, she got done because she'd got it up the wrong way or something in the front window. She wouldn't well, have to have a picture up
5: so. Yeah, you you're not supposed to have person. your picture up. And some people say, Ah, that would make things better. Uh, by having your picture But I don't think it is I don't think that th- I, I don't think that's the way forward I don't think that the disabled person Should have to have No other parking permit Do you need to display your face?
11: I know but in cases like Ranjit Dillon's You'd be able to see that the bloke Getting in the car wasn't the same person
5: Yeah partly well, I'll speak to Paul about it As you said I'm not supposed to ask you about this So I'll
11: speak Well don't, I don't expect any sense Is what I was saying to him He's you. an
5: expert Yeah exactly So I'll, I'll ask him a little bit He knows bit, I'm uh, just guessing Well 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 okay Anyway should we have a record?
11: Yeah go on
14: Ever in your life see a diver kiss his wife while the bubbles bounce about above the water?
6: Come again? Come <laughs> again.
14: Did you ever ever, ever in your life feel, oh, see a diver, diva, diva kiss his wife feel, oh, way beneath the ocean in the kingdom of the sea while the bubbles bounce about above the water? No, I'll
15: never leave me never in my life, leave no sea, no diver, leave Never devil, leave no white, leave no wind, leave she no ocean, leave no cam, bub, no sea, while no bubble, 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 no water. Well, if you're looking while they kiss
14: me, you'll recognize me. Why do you say ever, 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 and lively, low, and diva, diva, devil? And when you say wife, you say woe. Why wo? not say ever, 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 and lively, low, and diva, diva, deeper And wife, we woe. Well, why are they kissing the ocean? and what kingdom of the sea? And why are bubbles bouncing about above the water? Well, beneath the ocean is private, and the kingdom is the sea. And kissing down there is gonna bounce up bubbles naturally. So when you see uh, the bubbles bouncing, so you recognize the sight of a diver, diva, diva devil. Doing something right way we leave the ocean And the kingdom of the sea While the bubbles bounce About above the water And whoever you are In your lively low sea? A diva 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 kisses my wife We'll away Where we leave the ocean And the kingdom of the sea While the bubble bounce About above the water around, but never have I you sitting, ever no, I'm afraid I not a Never in your life see a diver kiss his wife while the bubbles bounce about above the water. did you ever, did you ever, and did you
10: ever, no, never, did
14: you ever, don't say no.
8: do expect some delays in Roxton on the Great North Road just approaching the Black Cat roundabout some major roadworks continue there often causing delays through the rush and in Luton a lanes closed on Airport Way at Vauxhall Way for some roadworks that are taking place there and in Brickywood heavy moving at the moment on the North Orbital Road just at Junction 21A for the M25. The M25 itself expecting delays between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 27 the M11 roadworks continue there as well. So far on the trains everything's running well across the three counties nicola richards bbc three counties radio
6: hi i'm simon i'm a saxophonist if you hear a whisper give us a shout across beds hearts and bugs
4: this is bbc three counties radio
1: It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley, a Milton Keynes woman who was falsely arrested by Thames Valley Police after they raided her home, has been granted £6,500 in an out-of-court settlement. A man from Bedfordshire has been caught using his dead father's blue badge. Ranjit Dillon from Kiso admitted it had been convenient to keep using it. And researchers say warnings over electronic cigarettes are alarmist and they could save thousands of smokers' lives in the UK. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three
4: Counties Radio.
1: Hertfordshire driver Lewis Hamilton resumes his Formula One title battle with teammate Nico Rosberg at this weekend's Italian Grand Prix. Practice starts at Monza this morning following the controversial collision in Belgium. I mean, I've been racing with him for a long, long time, so we have a foundation that we can work off and um, ultimately
5: when you're driving at the speeds that we're driving at, you have to feel good that the guy next to you is, is going to give you a space or, or make the right decisions so you don't collide. So I'm, I'm going in, into the weekend like it's another new day, it's
1: another race, nothing's really changed for me. Bedford Rugby Club start their championship season this evening with a trip to Nottingham. Kick-off at Meadow Lane is at 8 o'clock. Luton could welcome back Alex Lawless for tomorrow lunchtime's televised match at home to Plymouth, but Matt Robinson starts a three-match ban. John Stills Hatters have won just one of their first five League Two
16: matches. The people that done fantastically well for us last year all deserved an opportunity to do... Fa- all of them deserved the opportunity to do fantastically well this year, and they did. an unbelievable season. But what you have to do once the season starts is identify who can and who can't.
1: Also tomorrow, Stevenage host York, Wickham are at home to Bury. Meanwhile, at his first press conference, Watford's new manager, Oscar Garcia, says he turned down other clubs to join the Hornets.
17: I had uh, several offers. Of um, uh, I was really happy to have uh, these several offers because we were from uh, they came from... Uh, uh big clubs but as i did, i like uh, the squad uh, and and the way that the, the club wants to wants to go uh, made the difference to come here
1: Roger Federer is through to the US Open semi-finals after saving two match points in a five-set win over Gael Monfils and England's cricketers play their fifth and final one-day international against India at Headingley today England are already 3-0 down in the series BBC Three Counties News and Sports the next full bulletin is at 7
4: If you hear a whisper, Uh, give us a shout. Come on, A and Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio.
11: You've hit my papers. Which one do you want? Those two you've got there. The Express? Yes, mate. Really? Yeah. Gosh, you've changed.
5: Change your tune in a minute, love. Oh. Who's going to win Big Brother? George. Next. He's a chancer. I've never watched... What's it called? Couch
11: I love that programme. I shouldn't,
5: but I do. He's just a chancer... Who's batting above his average with yeah. that? Uh, f- no, fighting above his weight, punching yep. above his weight with that girl. Yep, he's just a bloke. He's like my mate Spencer. My mate Spencer shouldn't win Celebrity Big Brother. He's a chancer.
11: Yeah, but that's what people like. Cause what people watch- Spencer?
5: They don't know him. He's a nice bloke. Is he? He's a really nice bloke. Good he's got guitarist. Got
11: a bit of a hygiene problem though, has not
5: he? Spencer, uh, I-, I don't wish to discuss it on the air, yeah, stin- but yes, stinks. Yeah, he stinks. Stinky oh Spencer. He's <laughs> not stinky. You're not stinky, Spence. <laughs> He's oh, he's. The,
11: oh no, you're talking about the really attractive one. Yeah, is that right?
5: Oh, is that it. what I should he's say? Such a plum. Uh, I still think. Um, um, I hope D doesn't win. She she, she might. Because everyone's going. Oh, isn't she nice? Oh, she's come across really well. No, there was a bit the other day when you saw the true D. Oh. When um, Ricky, who I've still got no idea who he is, was was nominated was was up for eviction. Who's nominated, my baby? Who's dominating my bet I will thrash them. She didn't say that. She She said,
11: said, I'll scratch your eyes out.
5: She said something very, she was very violently suggestive. Oh. And I thought, there we go. There we go. Yeah,
11: but other than that, I mean, she came from a very low point of popularity, so she can only, you know, gain, can't she, really? I I think uh, she's all right. I
5: want uh, Busey to win.
11: Well, that's not going to happen, is it?
5: Why'd you say that? Um, I've got coffee down me now, thanks. Because I I Put this in the wash, look.
11: (laughs) I don't think he can no, win. I'll get another month I out. like Let him. The- I like him. I don't think
5: he can win. Look, you got coffee down me now. I've done, a, I've done what's technically known as a calf.
11: <laughs> no, you've not quite been liberally enough with your <laughs> smattering.
5: Hey, do kids still lick batteries? They shouldn't. They shouldn't, but there's something... Of course some- they do. They put
11: everything in their mouths.
5: There's something about getting uh, one of those rectangular... Ba- oh, I thought of another word today that people don't say. What was it? It was a good one.
11: Health hazard. Potential death trap.
5: No, 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 no. It was a... Uh, I'm annoyed I've got coffee down my right now. Gonna... Dinner medal. No, oh, yeah. No, the, uh, I remember it was coming off the M25 onto the M1.
11: Right, I wasn't there, so this isn't helping me. OK. Junction 8. Yeah.
5: Coming up the motorway. Hemel. I don't know. Uh, kids don't ch- check batteries anymore with their tongues.
11: Was that checking? I just thought I was being weird.
5: It's fun licking a battery. Yeah.
11: There's a strange sensation that goes with it and it probably is accompanied by something that's not good for your health.
5: It's if you've got children who've got toy trains or toys or anything that require batteries, one of the most several annoying battery things here. When I spend a fortune on rechargeable batteries and they run out and my wife throws them away. <gasps> okay, thanks a lot for that. You plum. Uh, when you've got normal batteries and you don't know if they're dead or not, so you're trying to mix and match.
11: Now you can press the ends and get a bar.
5: You don't always get the ones with the ends, though. Right. You should. How can you check if a battery is dead? Just see if it bounces. Oh. Ever spent ages swapping batteries in and out of remote controls to find out which ones still have power in them? Next time, just try dropping them on a hard surface and see if they bounce. Oh. This is because spent batteries are more likely to bounce than fresh ones according to an electrical engineer whose video demonstrating the phenomenon is becoming an internet sensation. So you just bounce batteries. OK. Just, I think it might just be boys interested in that story.
11: No, I'm interested in that too. But, um, you know.
5: Joan Rivers is dead. I know. Uh, I mean, every every loss of life is sad, but um it meant nothing to me. Really, Joan Rivers meant nothing to me. I no.
11: admired the fact that she made her way in a man's world, and she um, was fearless. I didn't think she was always funny, but she was on the telly a lot, so you can't have a winner every single time, can you?
5: Yeah. But
11: I, I, I admired what she did.
5: What? Plastic, loads of plastic surgery? No,
11: no, no. Just being, just being outspoken at a time when women were um, allowed to be funny as long as they were the joke.
5: I liked it when she dropped the F bomb on loose women. That was funny. That was funny. Yeah. Um, but that's, uh, that meant nothing to me. And I mean, just
11: think, right, before her, it was Lucille Ball, and you're allowed to be funny as long as you were the one that, that was the joke. You know, oh, silly me. Whereas she was the one throwing out the barbs. So, yeah, well done, Joan. Thanks.
5: Oh, Kim Kardashian, put that and put that and put that away.
11: She never puts it away. Even Flip when it's away, it's heck. not away. I don't
5: want to see that.
11: Did you see the um, photos from the GQ Awards the other night? No, it mate. would appear that no clothes is the new clothes. What? Yeah. I don't really? know how women are going to wear less.
5: Girl power, isn't it?
11: Well, not really. They're not the ones looking at it.
5: Oh, wait, 8459 five, 455 double 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. What have you got? No, nothing. The paper, there's really very, very little in the papers today. It's, it's kind of um, d- d- not a lot... Is, um, is going on. Bake really. off,
11: bake off, bake go off. On,
5: go, on, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on.
11: Dreary football was no match for the Great British Bake Off, with £8.3 million turning on the BBC One cookery contest. It was pie night. Compared with 4.5 million watching England beat Norway Well, I mean, the clue's in the title, isn't it? England versus Norway Football, mm. yeah, that'll be football If England was struggling to find the back of the net on Wednesday Some of the more hopeful chefs were even more despondent Youngest contestant Martha Collison was in tears Oh yeah, she made a mess of her pie Can
5: I, I just need to go over to our science correspondent, Kelly Betts um, Kelly is, is, is informing me that you've conducted, you've conducted an experiment, Kelly I have, yeah,
18: so I've got two batteries in my hands Yep they are for the remote control of the telly. Beautiful. Uh, not that it's on, and not that I'm watching it with subtitles. Uh, one what? of the batteries yep. bounces. Hang on, they're stuck now. This one. Yep. That one doesn't bounce. Yep. That one properly bounces.
11: The yeah, you know what's happened there. Oh. Someone's gone. This isn't really working. I'll give us a battery. Get get that one. Like we'll just whack a new one in, and we'll try and save the, the bouncy other
5: one. one. Has got less charging than the non-bouncy one. Ah. Science.
11: Science. It's, Gosh, it's uh, like tomorrow's world, isn't it? it it's, but today...
5: It's mm. uh, fun experiments. Yep. Yeah.
11: Experiments. Well, I nearly went there and I thought maybe not.
5: Uh, Mark says, I don't use those uh, 9-volt batteries so much now, the little rectangular ones. Even in my early 20s, I used to lick them. I've got a multimeter now for checking. Mark, you've taken all the fun out of checking batteries.
11: I know what you're all wondering. Well... What's happening in Pampered Pets and Daily Express today, page 37. Yeah, go on. Should we take our cat on holiday? I think I know the answer to this one, but let's let our vet David Grant work his animal magic. Their words
5: are not mine. I don't want to dance, dance. My wife and I are in need of a
11: holiday, and while we plan on taking our dogs, we're worried that our cat would fret in a cattery or get lost if she came with us. Oh, it's a very real
5: problem. Well, you know, um, you heard the story on Jonathan Vernon-Smith yes. about the cat and the cattery and it yes. escaped. Yes, and
11: happened to my grand's cat Ooh, as well years ago. deary me. What are the options? Very common problem, and I'd have no hesitation in advising a good cattery, and your vet might be able to recommend one in your area. The most important thing initially is to have your vet give the cat a full health check.
5: Well, my cat stays at home, and uh, Fiona comes around and uh, looks after him. Does he? Her.
11: Does she mind that?
5: It's her job. Because
11: I was doing that for my she's sister's a, cat, and he staged a dirty process, and I goes in the cattery.
5: She's a cat sitter.
11: Oh, is she qualified? Should wo- I have done something? Should I have a, done a course? No, she's a woman. Yeah, I, and
5: she's got keys to my flat, my house. Yeah. Why do I say flat? Mm. Uh, and the, the the cat flap's open, so Velvet goes in and out. Does her whoopsies outside. Fiona comes round. Not that whenever I go on, whenever I go on holiday, obviously there's someone staying at my house. So,
11: Massive bloke. I don't know why you get Fiona in.
5: Because he's not very good uh, with the... the he's the, more of a
11: fighter than a feeder.
5: Yeah, that's the the, the thing. Yeah, that's it.
0: Uh, I
11: was doing a jacker. Not if you carry on doing that.
5: No, probably, probably not.
11: Oh. Quite off-putting, I think. Oh, you have fallen asleep.
5: <laughs> um, <laughs> this, the papers really are are, are um, the, the bare today. We need we need a little Mish to send Justin out on.
11: We do. What are we going to do with Nish? Uh, what did I just say? What are we going to do with Nish? Yeah. What I think
5: because you love him. I Nish, do, Nish works in. Nish is uh, um, uh, Justin's producer. On she a, said
11: Saturday. Mish. I mean, you think of Nish. I often think of Nish. What are we going to do?
5: There is literally no... Oh, 08459 five, 555. Five, five, five. We've got a dealie today. What are we going to do with them? What
11: are going to do with dealie.
5: What are we going to do with... Spender benders. What? what? Spender benders. It's not people who are hot for 1990s cop series starring Jimmy Nail. Workers have four days of living it up after payday, then are left counting their pennies for the rest of the month. Okay. Slippery customer. A man was given a conditional discharge after admitting stealing condoms and lubricant from a chemist in Exeter. That's a news story.
11: Wow. That just shows you how little there is to discuss. Here we go, here we go, here
5: we go. A raging motorist swore at a cyclist 25 times in 35 seconds, a court heard. Good gracious. Mark Baldwin, 60, was filmed hurling the abuse at dad, Eddie Bell, 38. He had complained Baldwin's Jaguar XF was in a cyclist junction box. Baldwin, of Kent, pleaded guilty to threatening behaviour. Now, I had to pretend to film... I don't know why I pretended, I don't know why I just filmed them. Some uh, rather uncouth gentlemen... Uh, in a car on the motorway the other day, because they were going to ram me.
11: What, what had you done to inspire this rage?
5: Nothing. Mm. No, I had done very, very little. What they had blocked? I, I was trying to pull out into the next lane, right? And they were driving like idiots and wouldn't let me pull out. Right. Wouldn't, let me, wouldn't, let me, wouldn't let me. 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 And then I managed to pull out. Mm-hmm. So I flashed them. The, oh. the, the lights. Oh. Give them the lights. So it's t- to say, excuse me, gentlemen, that was a little bit, um, that was, excuse me, gentlemen, that was a little bit annoying. Flash that in Morse code. Right. And maybe my Morse they code. They
11: Morse code. My I Morse think. code
5: may not be as hot as perhaps it once was. So then they, are, then they get behind me and they're flashing me, and then they drive up beside me and they're giving me all of that. Oh, so I gave them a bit of that as well, if I'm Oh, honest. dear. And then, they're, then they're, they were doing the thing. I've had this so many times. Um, uh, uh, where well, they were pointing to the hard shoulder, saying, let's go and have a, a, a dust-up.
11: Or, oh, well, let's talk this out like gentlemen.
5: <laughs> they were making the fist sign.
11: Oh, the coffee beans. Yeah. Um, why does this always happen to you?
5: It does happen a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know why, why do I attract these not jobs? Anyway, I then said, because I've been in this situation before, and I know how to deal with it. I then said, okay, let's pull over, for a fight, <laughs> I actually said to them, "Let's pull over for a fight." Because what they do is they, they they then pull over and slow down, gives me a chance to nip away. Yes, but okay. then they were they were then they it looked like they were going to ram me, so I had to get my phone out and pretend to film it. And their faces dropped when they saw that I was pretending to film them. <gasps> Why does it always happen to me? I'm a nice guy. Men. Yeah, and it.
8: The M1 Luton Spur starting to build up at the moment on the speed sensors between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood Roundabout and Junction 10 for Luton Airport as those major roadworks are continuing there. The M25 looking very heavy on the sensors between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and Junction 25 for Enfield. That's as those roadworks are continuing there. On the M40 there's a lane closed at the moment um, just at Junction 5 for Stoke and Church as some bridge and maintenance work continues there. So far looking at the A1 at Barnet Bypass. That's looking heavy between Sterling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much.
5: 6.47, it's Friday the 5th of September, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Milton Keynes woman who was falsely arrested by Thames Valley Police after they raided her home has been granted £6,500 in an out-of-court settlement. A man from Bedfordshire has been caught using his dead father's blue badge. Ranjit Dillon from Kiso admitted it had been convenient to keep using it. And researchers say warnings over electronic cigarettes are alarmist and that they could save thousands of smokers' lives in the UK. The weather... Beds? There ain't none.
9: The BBC asks thousands of questions every day. Is rocket science easier than you think? No. Would we starve without honeybees? No. And how did so many soldiers survive the trenches? Look, Google but it. But what if we want to know more? Google. BBC it. I Wonder asks intriguing questions mm. and reveals thought-provoking answers. I bet done. As one question is answered, another is raised. So the discoveries are endless. So what? BBC yes. I Wonder. Go to bbc.co.uk. Slash. I wonder. No, you go. T-
11: to be honest, I want to get away from the endless questions. I have two very small children. Yeah,
5: you, you, you go.
11: What's that man doing? Why are we doing this? What are you doing that for? What's this? Yeah. What's that for?
5: Yeah. That's just him. Yeah, exactly. Huh?
11: Mm.
5: Evan Davis should. He should keep his questions to himself.
11: Exactly. What's with all the questions, Evan?
5: Yeah, just chill out, Davis. Go and get another one pierced. Oh, right. that is common. I don't think he's got another it? one, has he? No, no. Well, I don't know. Some people... having a third nipple is more common than you thought.
11: My granddad used to say he had a third nipple, but uh, I think it was just a mole.
5: Well, well, we we all think it was, you know, Scaramanga uh, J- um, uh, James Bond, James Bond, is not it? Scaramanga, Christopher Lee, <laughs> Christopher <laughs> Lee, who I've I've worked with many, many, uh, not many times. I worked with for three months. Have
11: he shown you his third nipple?
5: No, but boy oh boy, is he the most boring man in the world. Is he? Yeah, he's nice, but boy, what boring. did you expect? I expected interest to bite you? Didn't like talking about Dracula. Mm. But he didn't like... Here's the thing, right? Didn't like talking about Dracula, but really enjoyed talking about Police Academy 6, Mission to Moscow. (laughs) I was the first Western actor to deliver a speech in Red Square. Yeah, in Police Academy 6, (laughs) Mission to Moscow. I was with Christopher Lee the first time he ever drank Pepsi.
11: Oh, really? Yeah. What was it like? Taste sensation? Well, he's...
5: (laughs) He's a, he asked for a Coke, and they said, we haven't got any Coke, Mr Lee, we've got Pepsi. OK. And it turns up, and he looks and goes, what is this Pepsi Cola? <laughs> and he drank it, he liked it, it's nice.
11: Yeah, I don't think it's that different. No, nah, it's,
5: it's very similar, very yeah. similar. Do
11: you remember the Pepsi Challenge when we were kids? I
5: do remember the Pepsi Challenge. Really? I also remember the Stalk Challenge with yes. Leslie Crowther.
11: There's not enough mystery eating.
5: Leslie Crowther's daughter, do you know who she married? No. Phil Lynott from Finn Lizzy. Isn't that funny? Do Adam and Eve it. Yeah. Anyway, BBC introducing, Kels. I heard this one the other day on another radio show. I thought it was quite good. Who is it?
18: You know them. You've actually met them.
5: I've met them and i sent CDs to you. I, I like to think I am part of their musical um, um, uh, education. Yes, education. I sent them a Dixie Chick CD and I believe I may have also sent them a Crosby Stills and Nash CD. Oh. And they've become more folky, more country as a direct result of my actions well done you Thank Svengali you. Awesome. why don't
18: you, you introduce
5: it I'm like um, Jonathan Shalit huh well well okay no I'm like the Colonel Tom Parker
11: huh?
5: yeah Mickey okay. Most Brian Epstein huh? no Um, I'm like
11: uh, oh I know that Wumbleman.
5: Man I'm like the Wumble Man sweet here's the Shires with their song tonight probably inspired by me unless it's rude in which case it's it, it well yeah it's mine I wrote this
10: It's a brand new day,
19: I can feel the change, it's like a million lights light up,
10: spelling out you.
5: To everything I said about that song, because it's good—not the bit—they've been good, but I didn't send them any CDs. I was thinking of someone else. Oh. That song is not in any way connected with me. I didn't inspire it. I didn't write it. Um, I did meet those people. They're very delightful. It was a great song, but I was thinking about someone else. You're thinking about the folk. I was thinking about the, the the folks who
18: are now Delora.
5: Yeah, exactly. Oh, are
18: they? Yeah. yeah. Right. They need to decide who they Focus
11: are. Focus
5: on a name, guys. They're
18: now Delora. No, that is
5: folk. Folkus. But they are folk. Folk. Us, folk, F-O-L-K, us on a note. I've been with um... the
18: folk for about a year.
11: All maybe. right.
5: That's why they should folk us on her name.
11: <laughs> 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 They're good, though, aren't they?
5: But that was The Shires, their song tonight, and that was wonderful. If you want to hear more, and that was genuinely good, better than some of the stuff that we... Anyway, if you want to... <laughs> no, but, you, every... no, I know, it's
18: better than the diving song that you played. Oh, the diving song is their masterpiece.
5: What are you talking about? Uh, BBC introducing uh, Saturdays, 8 o'clock, if you want to hear more of that. Daily! Tonight! Tonight! tonight. tonight. I'm oh. yours and your man! Tonight. tonight! Tonight! Hey, listen, I'm local,
13: I'm vocal, Too Too I'm signed I'm unsigned, why why am I not on this programme? BBC Introducing. Why?
5: Well, I've got, and you're also, you're not on your programme tomorrow. No, what the I, hell is going on? You've I, been dropped? Yeah, I've been dropped for Luton Town versus Plymouth. Disgusted. Outrage.
11: Doesn't mean you can go though, doesn't it?
13: I won't be going, no. It's on, um, is it on TV tomorrow? No, I won't be going. I won't be going.
11: <gasps> What, in wow. protest?
13: I'm just not going. Yeah, in protest and, um, out of what, laziness?
5: What, you, you what will you do <laughs> uh, 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 between 12 and 2 tomorrow then, Josh? You're just going to sit at home pretending Ooh. to take phone calls and making yeah. up texts <laughs> and just playing records at home and you
13: I need to do something because I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss that buzz. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. a legal buzz. I'm going to miss it. It's Ooh. too early, a 12.15 kick-off tomorrow that for me. That is
5: absolutely insane,
13: Football yeah. is about three o'clock on a Saturday mm. afternoon. This yeah. is the problem with TV in this country. What? They have ruined the game.
11: Can yeah. you have a word with him indoors? Because he's going.
13: Mm. It's too early, isn't it? Is it It's he-mole?
11: ridiculous behaviour. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
13: yeah. And also football's rubbish. So those things uh, combined <laughs> mean it's a uh,
5: pretty <laughs> Listen, poor afternoon.
13: You know my thoughts on this. Any man who doesn't like football, mm, not too sure of them. That's all I'm saying. Harsh, but fair. Mm.
5: Now, Dealey, d- 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 w- w- I said that we had nothing for you. Then you would sent me a message saying, I've got a mish, don't mm. worry, boss. Yeah, let's have some uh, dog bants, uh, because... <laughs> Sorry? Dog
13: bantz. Um, okay, let's we'll <laughs> see where this is going. Uh, in the Telegraph and the Mirror today, great story. <laughs>
5: yeah, like, like you read the Telegraph just. <laughs> no, I did, seriously. Okay. Um,
13: this couple had a, a Great Dane, beautiful yeah. dog. You don't see too many of them these days, Great Danes. That yeah. they took their dog to the vet because he wasn't eating yeah. and he kept on being sick. Oh. So that they examined the dog. Yeah. They found 43 and a half socks in his tummy. Oh yeah. Yeah. How did he get half a sock in its tummy? Oh, this, this I'm confused. It's full. Can't uh, finish for, that one. For, 43 and a half. So so that's why he was ill. Flip uh, egg. Dog bands. Um, the unusual uh, and wacky what, things what that have your you, dog has eaten. What have you, you found, found in your dog? dog? Ah, <laughs> 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 it's a winner.
11: Wow. What I do mean, you uh, I. Um, I, I haven't got a dog, so I can't join in.
13: Yeah, do- okay. I don't
5: think you'll get anything on that.
13: I don't know. I mean, I was having some dog bants with uh, Bailey last <laughs> Stop night. Stop calling actually. it um, I bought him a bone, which was uh, three times bigger than his mouth. and will <laughs> teach him. I bought that just for We've fun. all been there. And uh, he was crying. In the end, he got the hang of it, but <laughs> yeah. it was uh, it was great to watch for a good five minutes or so. Wow, so you abused you hate a dog. that dog,
11: don't you? <laughs> I
5: love him, really. It is a very poncy dog. He loves me. I love him. Your mum loves thing. him more than you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, what, hang on a minute just say that throw this out there again what, what are we asking people i've not quite grasped it okay so we've got a couple with a great dane the great dane was sick
13: he wasn't eating they took him to the vets they found 43 and a half socks inside him that's the weird and wacky things that your pets
5: have eaten there you go
11: you're going to go and find people leave got dogs that eat things.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I bet you're not going to get anything on this, Justin.
13: No, I think you're wrong. I think, you know... I wh- bet you a brick. You will get <laughs> nothing on this. When I was at school, a number of people claimed the dog had eaten
5: their homework. Oh, now, in sakes. actual fact... Dogs do like homework. That, that, that is fact. Right, I'm going to cut him off now. <laughs> He's gone. For his own sake, Wow. even by Justin's standards, that was, that was nonsense. That was
11: spiralling, wasn't it?
5: Wasn't it? That, you were hearing a man basically having a breakdown live on air. Words, the filter had obviously broken today.
11: Kelly's filter's uh, working.
5: Go on, Kelly. You, you, you've got something for this, have you? K- Kelly?
18: Stop oh, typing it and say it. I'll write it on the screen. you no oh, know okay. if I should say
11: that.
5: You can say that, of course you can.
18: Once our dog... 8A lady thing. No, she needs no. tampon. Yeah.
5: Tampon's better. Flip it, wait 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards, and
6: bugs.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio and Wood looking very heavy at the moment on the North Orbital Road just at Junction 21A for the M25 the M25 itself starting to build up heading anti-clockwise at the moment between Junction 21 the M1 and Junction 20 for Kings Langley also looking rather heavy anti-clockwise just around Junction 16 for the M40 on the speed sensors and the Barnet Bypass that's looking slow on camera between Sterling Corner and Mill Hill Circus Nicola Richards BBC Three Counties
5: Radio Thank you Nicola so it's a busy show Should the police be paying out compensation when they get things wrong? People who use blue badges when they're not supposed to? And what has your dog eaten? Here's the news with Simon.
4: Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks.
5: This is
6: BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: It's seven o'clock, the headlines compensation for Milton Keynes woman wrongly arrested in police raid Bedfordshire man fined for using dead father's blue badge and Hertfordshire pensioner's World War One tribute BBC Three Counties Radio A Milton Keynes woman who was falsely arrested by Thames Valley Police has been granted £6,500 in an out of court settlement The police have also written to apologise to Louise Davis for any distress caused. More from you and Duncan The police raided Louise Davis his house after a tip-off which proved to be false. She was put in the cells and says the experience left her traumatised. It happened in March 2011 and after a series of investigations and appeals, the Independent Police Complaints Commission found that the officers should have gathered backup evidence before getting the search warrant. A man from Bedfordshire has been caught using his dead father's blue badge. Ranjit Dillon from Kiso admitted it had been convenient to keep using it. More from Lee Agnew. Dylan from
0: Kiso Road East was caught using the badge at Newnham Street in Bedford. He told officers that his father was at home, but when the badge was checked, it emerged his father had died. Appearing at Luton Magistrates Court, he was ordered to pay nearly £500 in fines and costs.
1: Researchers say warnings over electronic cigarettes are alarmist and that they could save thousands of smokers' lives in the UK. The team based in London published their findings a week after the World Health Organisation called for e-cigarettes to be banned indoors. Anne McNeill is from King's College.
2: Young people are experimenting with e-cigarettes, but it's largely those who are already smoking and there's very little use, very little regular use, among uh, children who aren't smokers. What we also are seeing is a continuing decline in cigarette smoking among youth, so there's no evidence that e-cigarette use is leading to children using cigarettes.
1: The president of Ukraine believes a ceasefire deal with Russia could be reached within hours. Petro Poroshenko says he's cautiously optimistic. He was speaking at the NATO summit in South Wales, where tougher sanctions against Moscow are expected to be announced today. A man from Rickmansworth will today pay tribute to his uncle who was on board the first ship to be torpedoed by the Germans in World War I. 22-year-old William Stern lost his life when HMS Pathfinder went down off the coast of Scotland exactly 100 years ago today his nephew 85 year old Malcolm Stern will be helping to lay a wreath at the site of the wreck
3: I've been following the history of my uncle for about the last 10 years and I thought I just wanted to be there myself to pay my respects to say some prayers and I've had a plaque made which I intend to drop into the sea cast into the sea uh, over the wreck
1: in sport, Hertfordshire driver Lewis Hamilton resumes his Formula One title battle with teammate Nico Rosberg at this weekend's Italian Grand Prix. Practice starts at Monza this morning, and Bedford Rugby Club start their championship season this evening with a trip to Nottingham. The weather, another cloudy and misty start for many, but with some limited bright or sunny intervals later. A maximum temperature 21 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties.
4: Today on BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: From 9. The JVS Show. With the big phone in, the
1: hottest topic of the day,
0: and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. Showcasing the very best of beds, hearts, and bucks, with great guests, loads of advice, and the music you love. From 3. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel, and your stories. From 7.
4: Mark Forrest.
0: I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC. BBC Local Radio.
4: Today on BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: Morning. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Friday and it's Lebron. it's pretty grim out there. It's grim. What's your we beef? Spoke someone not by accident. Oh, apologies ye. to that student. Aye. Did you dial the wrong number?
11: Yeah, Kelly did. Aye. The
5: The thing
11: was, when we first asked who she was, she, she said yes. What? Well we said is that
5: student? Yeah. Mm, uh, did you tell them we your heart? We should have. Yeah, they always always. Always blame somebody else. Lots coming up on the show this morning. Should the police pay out compensation when they wrongfully arrest someone? Can we find someone uh, to admit that they've used a blue badge when it wasn't theirs? And let's help Justin Dealy out. He's come up with the ridiculous idea of finding out what your dog has eaten. I mean, really? He actually said that dogs like homework. Come on, mate. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds,
4: hearts, and bucks.
5: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah. Now, as we've been hearing this morning, a Milton Keynes woman has received an apology and £6,500 from Thames Valley Police after being wrongly arrested. IPCC said the officers involved failed to gather any evidence before acting on what turned out to be a malicious tip-off. Well, here's Louise Davis's reaction to being awarded £6,500 in compensation.
7: Actually, I never did the case based upon money, but I'm very grateful for my solicitor for taking the case against the police, um... It was mainly I was mainly concerned is about the um, investigation by the IPCC, and I'm very pleased with the findings. Um, anything else that comes from this case is, you know, extra. But it will never money will never get rid of what happened.
5: Well, listen to that is dear Chakravarti, the political director of the Taxpayers Alliance. They believe that police forces are paying out compensation too easily. Morning, dear. Good morning, Ian. Thank well, you for having me. Well, oh, thank you very much for coming. What's what's the evidence that that, that police forces are paying out too easily?
20: Well, we've seen a few cases um, recently um, where we've, we've had some bizarre compensation claims, like um, people slipping on wet floor, uh, uh, multiple cases of that, and then an injury during personal safety training, um, um, police dog bite, um, slipping on ice. So, looking at all that, it just seems like either the police forces are failing to provide a um, uh, an environment, a safe working environment, um, or are failing, in this case, failing to put a good case together before um, you know, making allegations against people, or these are spurious ca- claims. And either way, it's the taxpayers that lose out.
5: So what, what would be an example of, of, of the, when should police forces be paying out compensation, in your opinion?
20: Well, no, it, that, there's got to be a, an agreed standard of care um, and that is difficult for me to say when that would be uh, the case that would be a, a case by case situation looking at them individually but when you see things like you know um, um, this one for example this, this particular case that we just talked about we've now found that there was no evidence put together but the police force saw it fit to bring that case um, you do ask questions like well you know why wasn't, why wasn't the proper case put together and is this really a good use of police's time and remember any time spent on this case which wasn't a Case at all is time away from fighting crime and, and uh, anti um, antisocial behaviour.
5: Uh, d- d- it's clear from this, and the IPCC agreed that the police should have investigated it it, it further before making the arrest. Yes. Uh, but Louise it would, was entitled to that six and a half thousand pounds that she got, wasn't she? She she,
20: she was, you see. Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, well, well, entirely. In this case, as I understand, Ian, and you may may have to correct me, but as as I understand here, the police did something which they shouldn't have done. And therefore, Louise was entitled to it. So, you know, you can't really say that um, uh, the blame really has to be with the police force because they shouldn't have put Louise through that.
5: There, there is one argument, that I'm sure we will hear later on in the show, that the, the, the police are just doing their job and they're not going to get it right every single time, are they? They are going absolutely. to make mistakes. you
20: they do a very difficult job. And, I, you know, I, I absolutely do not mean to sound as if I have no sympathy for that. But, but what I'm trying to say is that we really, the police forces really need to be a little bit more careful because, you know, as you say, this doesn't make them look good either. They do an excellent job the cases like this really detract from the good work that they do. Um, but what I'm saying is that in these cases... Cases need to be cut down on, I think, uh, and the police forces need to be more careful because all you know their precious time cannot be spent on cases like this. It has to be. It has to be spent on cases that well, cases that need their time.
5: It's also part of the, the culture now, isn't it? That claiming for accidents or things happening that, that are that yeah. are wrong. It's, it, it, society needs to change slightly, doesn't it?
20: Well, that's an interesting point, Ian. But what happens is it's always difficult for for, for people, well, for commentators, to make moral judgments. Now, if you're going to have um, um, uh, you know avenues open uh, for people to claim uh, make claims, it's difficult to say that it's morally wrong and you shouldn't have done that. I think a better way. Of doing it is looking at those um, those avenues and saying um, could we have a review and see whether whether those avenues can be changed whether how we get through to well, how the process of claims um, are got to um, are changed I think that's a much better way of looking at it so let's look at the law and see how we can review that
5: dear I appreciate your thoughts on this this morning thank you very much dear chakravarti political director of the taxpayers Alliance uh, your thoughts please should the police be paying out compensation um when they arrest the wrong person. I mean, the, 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 the IPCC, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong on this, Catherine, found mm-hmm. that they hadn't really done enough investigation. They'd had an anonymous tip-off to Crime Stoppers, And they followed it up. And they followed that up without um, kind of looking it into any more. And, uh, you know, this uh, woman was, was not particularly well-treated, it, mm-hmm. would, it would seem. Um, does that warrant compensation?
11: Well, she says herself it won't make any difference. That it won't undo the damage. I feel weird about
5: it. I think that she's entitled to it, and I think... Why? uh, Because, um...
11: Loss of earnings? No. No. Bit embarrassing and horrible...
5: Horrible, horrible! Police, police! You know, but got into her house. They but, they were rude to, They arrested well, her. They whacked her in a cell. They they, they treated her disrespectfully. Will the money they? money hadn't make you done their, they, No, it won't. But they hadn't done their. What what else can they do though? They, they, i just worried about that, be... that
11: money. I mean, the 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 police are already scratching around for the pennies. Yeah, six thousand five hundred pounds is yeah. money that could have been spent on something else.
5: Yeah, but but. uh, the, uh they, uh, I'm assuming there'll be like some kind of insurance fund, wouldn't there? There won't be like a pot. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but, but what else? they they need to make some kind of recompense for not doing their job properly. So what do they do? Send us some flowers. They need to, it's the, the I'd money rather is.
11: See, if it was me, I'd rather see an assurance that the procedure oh, had been changed. No. Something was brought in.
5: We've learnt lessons. <gasps> oh, I hate. We've we I'm very sorry, Ms Davis. We've learnt lessons. That's that's. You're not going to believe that rubbish, are you? The money, I think, is more symbolic than anything. It's kind it's of a punishment. For the police. Yeah, yeah, they should be punished for that. They should be punished for that, for not do for not doing their job properly, for being yeah. lazy. OK, so give the money to a victim's charity. No, give the money to the person who was... Really?
11: Yeah. I don't know.
5: Are we falling out? This is incredible. No, we're not
11: falling out. I just I feel weird about it. I think that in situations where you have been injured and yep. it means you can't work anymore and you're going yep. to be financially yep. um, set back because of it, then yes, OK, compensation is sometimes necessary. Well, if it's just hurt feelings and embarrassment...
5: Was that your stomach?
11: Yeah. <laughs> if it's hurt feelings and embarrassment, and I'm, I'm not diminishing what she went through, it sounds yeah. awful. It was
5: horrible. But. It was she, was, she was humiliated and shamed. But because 6, they hadn't £500 done,
11: pounds is not going to make it better.
5: No, and it's not meant to make it better, but that is, is um, a, a, a form of recognition.
11: Mm, of hurt feelings?
5: Of, uh, she was humiliated and shamed, and it's a form of recognition that the police did not do their job properly. They, did, they were cutting corners. So she has now got a, a symbolic retribution and they will hopefully, you know, be chastised. They weren't, the coppers weren't even told off. If you, if you read the, uh, the... They were the given ob- advice, weren't they? They were given advice. Don't do it again. Oh, flicker See, I'd neck. rather
11: that that was tougher and that the money wasn't a, a thing.
5: Shall we throw it open to the yeah, uh, go on then. callers?
11: Does anyone else feel a bit weird about being given money for that?
5: Oh, eight four five nine four double and five. And things
11: like that. I don't want to um, five, single, double five. single Louise out. But what I'm saying is, if there's yeah. been no injury, you've no yeah. loss of earnings, no damage done, as go. far as we know, she wasn't suing for damage to the house.
5: Yeah. That was my stomach.
11: Wow, well, they're talking to each other, aren't they? Hey.
5: Yeah, they're like... Um, what they're those arguing. T- they're like Furbies. <laughs> 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 Mine is, anyway. 08459 four double five five double five. Dave Luton's on the line. Morning, Dave. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Do you think the police should be uh, paying compo? So I do. I think, she should be, I think she should have been awarded a lot more money. To, to put your point to Catherine, who disagrees strongly. Go on. Traumatised.
3: That lady's going to be traumatised now for the rest of her life on that. It's not just one month or two months or two years. She, it's going to lay on her mind now for the rest of her life.
11: Yeah, but the money won't make any difference, Dave, to well, that. Of course it will. She needs sort of professional help because with
3: that. If, if six and a half thousand, most probably she might take her and her mother off to a holiday trying to get over it. Mm. But she'll never get over that. It's a traumatising violation of human rights, isn't it? You know, to, to be a, an innocent person sitting at home and your house is, well, your back door is knocked down to, thing, to get in.
11: Well, no, they knocked uh, and they let them in.
3: Well, they kind of, as I heard it, they burst in. but... That must have been a traumatic yeah, situation, and she should be awarded money. Not just six and a half thousand. and she should be awarded more.
11: But Dave, she said herself it won't make her feel any better.
3: How does she know? Oh, yeah, how fair did enough. She know? How she does she know how she feels? Yeah, but if she went on holiday abroad or something of that nature, it might do, mightn't it? All right, well, no one could... knows.
11: what about giving her holiday vouchers, then?
3: Well, why holiday vouchers?
11: Well, you suggested it.
3: Well, anything, anything of that nature, go, go out and buy something, it might change her life. I don't think her life will ever be the
5: same. I don't think you're listening to Dave. He is saying that she'll be traumatised. And this happened three years ago. We spoke to her yesterday. She was definitely still traumatised. Yeah, three years. Dave, so I thought... she should be... Uh, but I'm not going on to that. No, go- I know. Can I just oh. say, well done. You totally poned, Catherine, mate. Well done. Yeah, thank you, you very much. You, you gave her a spanking. Yeah. Oh, lovely.
11: Um, I'm traumatised now. <laughs>
5: Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want, you plum? What, excuse me? What do you want, you plum? Uh,
3: look, don't cool. call. On the news, it said that there's major roadworks at Junction 10 and 10A of spur Road to the airport.
5: Right, there are, yeah.
3: Right, I thought the dame, I forgot her name, what? a few months ago, came and opened that place, that yeah. road, as all completed.
5: No junction ten. No, it's not. It's, it, it won't be completed until. Um, noise. It won't be completed until um, like April of next year or something, isn't it? Well, would did they bring the dame to open the road? To the dam. But the, well, the forgot. Maybe she's not name.
11: available in April.
5: Well, hard luck. Have you not ages? seen the roadworks at Junction Ten? Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to take ages. They're building a really but snazzy road there. How has it left you feeling, Dave? noise. I'm sorry to hear that. Travel news for beds, hearts
6: and bugs.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1M are heading southbound, looking rather busy on the speed sensors, just around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise, rather heavy, between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. It's queuing at the moment also anticlockwise, between Junction 17 at Maple Cross, and Junction 16 for the M40. And on camera, the Barnet Bypass is looking heavy, heading southbound, between a sterling corner and Mill Hill Circus. So far, looking at the trains, everything seems to be running well across the three counties. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much.
5: A Milton Keynes woman who was falsely arrested by Thames Valley police after they raided her home has been granted six and a half thousand pounds in an out-of-court settlement. A man from Bedfordshire has been fined after being caught using his dead father's blue badge. An experts in tobacco addiction claim thousands of lives could be saved every year if British smokers switch to electronic cigarettes. Home noise. BBC Three
4: Counties Radio.
3: Boom noise! Boom noise!
4: every weekday from three Roberto Peroni. Are league tables the
5: best way to judge a school? Pal, do you have any sympathy for the Buckinghamshire golfer Ian Poulter? Police are issuing safety advice to women in Watford but I'm fascinated by the age gap between her and her husband. Figures show that around half a million pounds was spent in Hertfordshire last year clearing up after people who dump rubbish. They just ate them. Roberto Peroni. There's been an extraordinary action on social media. My big concern is that no one ever worries about the victims. The whole system is designed to help the criminal.
4: Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from 3. BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555.
6: BBC Three Counties
5: Radio. I like the mushy peas. Gosh. Well, uh, the difference of opinion here, and so far Catherine is a lone voice... Uh, argument over whether the police should be paying out compensation. In the case of Louise Davis, who uh, we spoke to, and you'll hear a little bit more from later on in the show, I think it's pretty obvious that they should pay out. Right? It's, it, it's a waste of money, in as much as the police shouldn't be in a position where they have to pay out, but they muffed up. And they muffed up spectacularly. Your thoughts, please. 08459 four double five five double five. Something else that you might like to call in about. Blue badges. Pops up every now and then. Well, the reason we're talking about it today is because a Bedfordshire motorist has been fined after being caught using his dead father's disability blue badge. Ranjit Dillon from Kiso admitted it had been convenient to keep using it. Yeah, I bet it was. You get free parking and you can go pretty much anywhere. And then said what he'd done was stupid. Well, our reporter, Justin Dealey, has been getting the reaction of blue badge holders. If you hear. Me. Oh, that's not it. Uh, madam, you've got a, a blue badge in your vehicle. That's because your daughter is disabled. What's your
13: thoughts on people that are, are using blue badges? Is illegally?
21: I think it's absolutely disgusting. I feel it takes away people that have a disability's freedom in order to get to the places that they need to get to.
13: What do you think the fine should be for something like this? If you are caught with a blue badge and you're not disabled, if you've borrowed that badge, if you've taken that badge, what do you think the fine should be?
21: I think if they genuinely have a driving licence, I feel they should get three points on their licence. I feel they should be fined. What, you know, whatever the, whatever it is they should get, I feel it should be li- points on their licence.
13: And just lastly, um, a point on abuse, uh, because you're a, a very young mother. Uh, when you get out of the vehicle, do you often get people saying to you, well, you're not disabled?
21: I do. I've, I've had many situations where I've got out or someone's approached the car... And I've said, why are you parking there? You're not disabled. And then I feel ha- I have to justify myself that I have a disabled daughter who's sitting in the back, that I am mm. actually going to get out. I mean, that
3: must make you furious.
21: It does, it does, but then it's just, you know, small, narrow-minded people.
3: It's the thing that happens. It's been happening now for as long as I can remember. I've had one for years, but I, it's always gone on. How do we solve it? Well, you can't.
21: I think they should
12: become disabled and then they would know what it means to be disabled. And then they wouldn't do it because my husband has got one as well and he has to park on a wide space otherwise we can't get out the car. It's disgusting.
13: How do we solve this?
12: Give them a large fine and they won't do it again.
13: What's a large fine in your mind?
12: 1500 something like that and they wouldn't do it twice.
5: Uh, well, that was Justin Dehilly speaking to people. We can speak now to Labour Councillor Shan Hunt who's Bedford Borough Council's Cabinet Member for Revenue and Benefits. Morning, Shan. Good morning. This isn't an isolated case, is it? No, it's not. How, how, how uh, um, prevalent is it? I think we pick up probably
12: six or seven cases a year. Um, but if people want to report cases to us and they, if they think there's abuse, we'd be more than happy to um, sort them out. The,
5: the, the gentleman involved uh, in, in this situation, Ranjit Dillon, was caught out by uh, an eagle-eyed traffic warden who, who did a little bit of extra homework, so well done him. And he said he, he did it because it was convenient. And it is convenient, but that's, that's not the point of blue, ba- the, the, the blue Badges, is it? It's not meant to be convenient for able-bodied people.
12: And it's very convenient for able-bodied people, but, you know, disabled badges for, are for disabled people. They're not for able-bodied people who can park elsewhere.
5: It's difficult, isn't it, though, to spot people who are, are cheating the system?
12: I suppose it is. And, I mean, sometimes people might have a disability that you can't necessarily see... see. Um, you know, they might not be in a wheelchair, but on the other hand, they might have a heart problem or they might have um, a problem with a bowel or something like that. Um, but, you know, if they are genuinely disabled, they deserve the badge. And quite frankly, the government have changed the rules and tied them up so much, you really do have to prove that you are disabled.
5: Do you get many disabled people complaining that they can't access the disabled spaces because of drivers who, who, who are parking there that shouldn't be parking there?
12: Yes quite frequently um, and people think that they can just park where they want um, because it's convenient and uh, you know we need to think about um, uh, about making sure that disabled people are able to get on with their lives as best they can, you know, being disabled
5: uh, What's Finally, Shan, what's Bedford Borough Council's message to those people who are using uh, blue badges illegally?
12: You'll get prosecuted
5: It's something you take very seriously, isn't it?
12: Very, very seriously. And I mean, I think the lady that said um, they should have points on their license, I agree with that as well. A fine perhaps is not quite enough. Points on the license, I think, would uh, would, uh, be much more of a deterrent.
5: Shan, I appreciate your time. Shan Hunt, Bedford Borough Council's Cabinet Member for Revenue and Benefits. The First Lady that Justin was talking to to there. One of my great pleasures in life, and this isn't this petty of me, uh, is... uh, I haven't done it for a while because, as I say, I haven't got a blue badge for my mum at the moment. I I need to, to, to go through those forms. But I have many times been out with my mother and parked in disabled bays and put the badge in the window... You get the dirty look. When I, and I get out of the driving seat and you see you can see someone. Do you spring out on purpose? Sometimes, yeah. Because you can see someone giving you the dirty look, giving you skunk eye. Mm. So they see a a, a a fit in every sense of the word. Young well. Yeah. Mm. Man. This was a few years ago. Um, when I was a man, jumping out of the car, able bodied, and they really give you the dirty look. And I take my time, I get out and I get Might I get do a little pieces, shimmy. Do a little shimmy. And I've had people say stuff to Oi, Oi, that's a disabled I've got a badge. Yeah, well you don't need one. And I say nothing, and I very slowly close my door, I walk round to the boot of the car, I get my mother's wheelchair out, I set it up, and then I lift her out of the car, and I say, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. Small pleasures, small pleasures. That shuts them up. You divvies. You divvies. You always get some big fella um, at, at Tesco's, in a big Range Rover, 4 before parking in the disabled bays. And it's quite intimidating. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't go up to a big gentleman and say, Oi! Excuse me mate, shouldn't be barking there Because they might uh, not get lights out When they see you,
11: out. little skinny fella, they think <laughs> I'll have him
5: <laughs> They think they can have a pot uh, A pot, a pop, they can have some pot No, they can have a pot plant, what? Um, dog bands, what was Justin banging on About dogs earlier on?
11: Dogs like homework Fact, according to Justin oh, flipping um, It's embarrassing isn't he it? He was talking about a great day in the 43 And a half, socks, obviously yeah. 44 Was just too many
5: So Pedigree Pete has called in, morning Pete Good morning my friends. Well let's, let's not jump uh, to conclusions yet What have you got for us? Um, I've as you
22: know I, I I show dogs and that's so I've got uh, one I or don't. two. And I was walking uh, one of my dogs over on a local park to where I am. Yeah. And obviously they play around like they do. do and they? One of my dogs came across uh, a young child goalkeeper's glove. You know the the biggest glove. Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. And that was swallowed whole.
5: Oh blimey!
22: And thank God for soda crystals because that's what the vet I well, phoned him and said soda crystal and the glove was brought back up whole. Oh.
5: Soda crystals? Yeah,
22: soda crystals. Apparently it makes them. It makes Well, if you have soda crystals, it makes them sick. But that's what the vet said. Lucky enough, we had some under the uh, under the cabinet, under the sink and yeah. the goalkeeper's glove was brought up straight away. And did you give it back to the child? I couldn't. Find- if I had, I'd have rung his neck, cos if I'd have had to go to the vet, it'd have cost me yeah, a fortune.
5: Yeah, it was, the kid's, it was the kid's fault that your untamed dog ate uh, his glove, wasn't it?
22: Well, no, no, but he should have chucked it away, whatever, cos it was in good nick. <laughs> it was in good, in good nick. But, uh, now, but, yeah, go on. Before you cut me off, okay. can I just say one thing about these blue badges? Yes. This is my view. And my view is, if they park in any of these superstores, as in, I won't, well, alright, I will. Tesco's, Morrisons and all
5: those. Sainsbury's, Waitrose, yeah. Why, right,
22: why don't, yeah, and I oh, forgot them. And M&S. Aldi. What? Yeah. Lidl's. Yeah,
5: yeah, 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 now, yeah, Sainsbury's.
22: Why don't they, why, yeah, I'm trying, yeah. Why don't they... Iceland. Have, oh, I forgot about Iceland. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. And Farm Foods.
23: Yep.
22: Anyway, why don't they have... Oh, no, I can't think of another one. Um, Do I win? Yeah, you win on that one. Sweet. Why why don't I have a contract with a clamping firm? Oh, yeah. And if the vehicle hasn't got a blue badge in it, clamp it. And if whatever proceeds they get from it, give it to some charity.
5: Pete, thank you very much indeed. There we go. That's Pedigree Pete there. Wise Um, words. Very wise words.
11: And a lot of supermarkets.
5: Yeah, a lot of supermarkets.
11: Of course, you may be parking for an independent <gasps> retailer. Other supermarkets the are street. available. Yeah, or not a supermarket, maybe a high street retailer who's on his
5: uppers. Yeah. Needs your custom. Yeah go, yeah, go and use your local independent store, even though it's like really expensive. Oh, hang on a minute. How has Tesco's gone from owning the world mm. to being in really big trouble? Their shares were down, or, or, or not quite their shares, I, I don't know the technical terms, guys, but I'll say shares were down 75% the other week.
11: Tell you what my Tesco's has done to enrage me. Yeah? They put more aisles in, so we're all squashed up together, oh, so we're all no. in each other's way, OK? No. And if you are in each other's way all the time, you're going to hate that shopping
5: experience. Yeah, I'm not having any of that. No. Nope. But it they, they wasn't uh, uh, about a year ago... Of every £7 spent in the UK, £1 was spent in Tesco. Mm. Now, they're still making good money. I think their, their uh, income last year was, was £2.4 million, billion, billion. So they're still making good money. But how, is it, how have they got it so wrong? I
11: wonder if it was the meat thing.
5: Horses? Mm. Well, but other supermarkets are doing all right. Yeah. With the horses. No one got arrested for the horses, did they? Or well, some people did, mm. but no one got charged.
11: There is a review out later today. Oh,
5: about horses. Keep your horse eye on mate. that.
11: Yeah, keep your eye on it.
5: Um, yeah, I wonder what... Because I still, I still like Tesco's. I got fr- I've i got friends who are very anti-Tesco. Really? Why? Boycotted it. Out of they all s- of them? They said they, yeah, they said they were killing the high street. Well, um... Yeah, well, uh... Yeah, but it's cheap, isn't it?
11: Did I tell you about the shop I saw in um, Greater Manchester when I went last time? Te- uh, Teco Express.
5: Teco Express. Same
11: livery and everything. Wow. Cheeky chances. By
5: livery you mean font, Yeah.
11: Yeah, like... It, OK, the, livery wh-
5: livery's horses.
11: No, they, that's what they call it when the badges and no. that. No, they don't. Yeah, they do.
5: They call livery's horses. Have you been in retail? L- Let me ask my word expert. Kells, mm? what's livery?
11: Horses. It's
5: horses, you see. Oh, uh, livery.
11: Wow, wow, anyway, that. They had the same badge. It said Tecos Express.
5: So it had the same font? Yeah. Yeah, nothing to do with horses.
11: Same badges, yeah. except slightly different spelling. Yeah. Cheeky. Kind of liked it. Naughty, though.
5: But nice. <laughs>
8: The A1M heading southbound, looking rather heavy on the sensors just around junction seven for Stevenage, and the M25 heading anti-clockwise. Two lanes are closed at the moment between junction 22 for St Albans and junction 21A, and that's due to a vehicle fire there, so to approach with care. Also heading anti-clockwise, heavy between 21 the M1 and junction 20 for Kings Langley, and the Barnet Bypass that's queuing at the moment between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And taking a look at the A10, the Great Cambridge Road, that looking heavy between Ballsmore Lane and Southbury Road. No reported problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: Just got a a tweet from someone who says, I used to work with a bloke who knocked out fake blue badges for £80. Wonderful value. Form noise. Across beds, hearts and bugs.
4: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley, a Milton Keynes woman who was falsely arrested by Thames Valley Police after they raided her home, has been granted £6,500 in an out-of-court settlement. A man from Bedfordshire has been fined after being caught using his dead father's blue badge. And experts in tobacco addiction claim thousands of lives could be saved every year if British smokers switch to electronic cigarettes.
6: Three Counties Sports.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: Hartford driver Lewis Hamilton resumes his Formula 1 title battle with teammate Nico Rosberg at this weekend's Italian Grand Prix. Practice starts at Monza this morning following the controversial collision in Belgium, with Mercedes team boss Toto Wolff warning the pair to race cleanly. We have made it very clear that this is an unacceptable scenario for us. You know, we don't want
0: this to happen ever again. And the consequences are very easy. If we are not able to manage the two of them following the Mercedes-Benz racing spirit, then we we need to admit
1: that and uh, take decisions and take consequences of um, you know having a different lineup. Probably. Bedford Rugby Club start their Championship season this evening with a trip to Nottingham. Kick off at Meadow Lane is at eight o'clock. Luton could welcome back Alex Lawless for tomorrow lunchtime's televised match at home to Plymouth. But Matt Robinson starts a three-match ban. John Stills Hatters have won just one of their first five League Two matches.
16: The people that done fantastically well for us last year. All deserved an opportunity to do. Fa- All of them deserved that opportunity to do fantastically well this year, and they did it was an unbelievable season. But what you have to do once the season starts is identify who can and who can't.
1: Also tomorrow, Stevenage host York. Wickham are at home to Bury. Meanwhile, at his first press conference, Watford's new manager Oscar Garcia says he turned down other clubs to join the Hornets. I
17: had several offers. Um... I was really happy to have uh, these several offers because we were from uh, they came from uh, uh, big clubs. But as I, I like uh, the squad uh, and and the way that the, the club wants to wants to go uh, made the difference to come here.
1: Roger Federer is through to the US Open semi-finals after saving two match points in a five-set win over Gail Monfils. And England's cricketers play their fifth and final one-day international against India at Headingley today. England are already 3-0 down in the series. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin is at eight. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. You heard the man.
11: I haven't heard a whisper.
5: That one's going to be coloured orange. (laughs) Hang on a minute.
11: Oh. What did he say? What's he gonna say? If you hear a whisper, give us yeah. a
14: shelf. Yeah.
5: Uh, yeah. Is that what he's let's go let's go through my four favourites, yes, shall we? Okay, yes, yes. here, here are my four favourites. In no particular order. Wagwan, one, one. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Mysterious. Yeah. I
6: love that. If you hear a whisper, guess, give us our shells. DIY. Hi, I'm Simon. I'm a saxophonist. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Honking. <laughs> if you hear a whisper, give us
5: a shout. There we go. Could, that, excellent stuff. Everyone is involved. Everyone is involved. Thank you very much indeed, guys. 08459 four double five five double five. Now, yesterday we spoke to Joe Thompson, who's becoming a little bit of a regular on the show. She's been campaigning against the uh, benefit cuts that she blames for the death of her brother, David Clapson, from Stevenage. Just a reminder, David was a diabetic former soldier who'd fallen on hard times. He died last summer, 18 days after his jobseeker's allowance was suspended. The cause of death was a lack of insulin, but it was found he couldn't afford to keep his medication cool, couldn't afford to keep the fridge running. The cupboards were bare, save for a tin of soup and a box of tea bags. Well, the Labour MP for Oldham East and Saddleworth, Debbie Abrahams, has called for a full investigation into David's case and joins me now. Morning, Debbie. Good morning, what, Ian. What's your, what's your connection and your interest in this story?
12: Well, I've been calling for an independent inquiry into sanctions for oh, about nine, ten months now. Um, I, I've, you know, unfortunately, David's situation isn't unique. Um, uh, since the recent introduction of uh, these Sanctions, new sanctions regime, in October 2012. Over two million people have gone through, uh, through this, um, with a million being adversely sanctioned. And we believe, um, remember the uh, Work and Pension Security uh, Sec- um, Security Council <laughs> Select Committee, um, that these have been inappropriately applied. Um, so we've been calling on an independent inquiry. We thought the minister had agreed, but then uh, they they backtracked. Um, and we have, you know, quite significant evidence to say that, as I say, they're being inap- inappropriately applied.
5: You raised this issue in the House of Commons yesterday. What was the initial response from the government?
12: Very dismissive. Very, you know, very disappointing, to be honest. Um, yeah, very disappointing indeed.
5: Is there anything else? You, where do you take this now? How does it work?
12: Um, well, we're absolutely delighted with um, what's happened uh, around the petitions. I think uh, I checked this morning: one hundred ninety-seven thousand seven hundred forty. So I know. This.
5: I mean, I think it was about one hundred eighty thousand yesterday. So it's it's going up so quickly.
12: Absolutely. And um, this is this is the way to make the government sit up and and listen. Um, Social security is there for every one of us. If any one of us, David worked all his life. He he stopped working to look after his mum. When he needed to get back into work, he went um, to uh, the job centre for support. And, and unfortunately, he was, he was treated chavally. Um And, you know, absolutely all credit to, to Jill for what she's doing, for the, for the Mirror as well, for what, what they're doing to raise the profile of this. Because, as I say, it's affecting millions of people um this isn't about the workshop this is people who want to get back into work and who who are as i say being really shabbily treated
5: what changes would you like to see made then debbie how how, how do you think uh um that, that things could be made better
12: well, we believe, because I, you know, I've experienced this myself, one of my constituents who actually had a heart attack during a, a work assessment um, was then informed through, uh, through the post that he'd been sanctioned. You know, He had to stop. He was told by the nurse, like, you have to stop this assessment now, go to the hospital, wow. and then he was sanctioned. Exactly. This is going on up and down the, the country. But I also had um, a whistleblower, somebody who'd worked in, in uh, the job centre who came to us and told, uh, told us what was was happening. Um, and there have been other whistleblowers since since then. There is a deliberate policy about applying these uh, inappropriate sanctions. It is to get people off register and what they, what they call off flow. So they don't um, count, not just in terms of, you know, I guess, social security uh, payments, but they also don't uh, count in the unemployment fee.
5: Well, let's hope you get somewhere with this. The whole story about David is very, very sad. I'm going to go off on. A, I'm going to ask you a question, Debbie. I hope it doesn't seem flippant on the back of this very serious story. I was just, wondering, you know, when you stand up in the House of Commons to speak in front of everyone, yes. do you get nervous?
24: <laughs>
12: sometimes, sometimes it it depends on some some of the occasions are quite, you know, well, really important, aren't they? And yeah,
5: and it's such a, it's, you know, it's such an iconic place, and such an historic place, to stand up there, I would be petrified
12: (laughs) Um, I I feel very privileged and honoured to to do the job that I do, and I I do take it seriously, possibly too seriously at times, but uh, as I say you're there to represent your constituents and it really, for me, every time I do stand up I know know that
5: Debbie, listen, I appreciate your time and uh, thank you very much, and keep in touch and let us know if uh, you make any progress, Labour MP for Oldham East and Saddleworth uh, Debbie Abrahams um, Who's speaking out on behalf of uh, David Clapson And of course his sister Jill Who we spoke to uh, yesterday I've often thought that I'm glad I asked her that I was wondering whether I should or not and She took it in the spirit it was intended I'm sure it's...
11: you do Because you know it's not a friendly crowd either
5: And also you get all that I, 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 You get all that oh, 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 oh. Which is ridiculous They're grown men and women and, and I suspect it's primarily the men that are doing it You don't hear any Oh, oh, oh. You don't hear any women doing it It's but What is that all about? And I know there's an argument, oh, it's a good bit of theatre. Yeah, but those plums are running our country. Yeah, it's a good
11: bit of theatre, but could you stop that for a minute and actually make some good decisions?
5: Prime Minister's question Times. time, the question time I listen to occasionally, but you just think, if I was in a school debate mm. or an assembly or in a meeting here and, was, and someone, every time someone made a suggestion or asked a question, oh, da da, I'd get suspended or booted out. It's rubbish, but isn't it? You know it?
11: they get the questions in advance.
5: Oh yes, yeah, so they, yeah, they can prep an answer. What do you
11: think? Yeah, prime
5: if I was prime minister, they quite, can pick the ones they can answer. Yeah, well. prime minister's question time. You just you <laughs> can just ask any question you want, and let's let's come on then, let's let's duke this out mano a mano, yeah. and see so what you'd happens. You'd have quite a lot of
11: moments where you go, I don't know, um, let me have a.
5: Can I come up? back to you on that? Can I call you in the week? on that one i need to check some stuff i think i think we're going to do this but let me just check but then
11: the week after yeah. you'd get an honest response you get a number
5: you get a set number of questions no 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 no. and you can avoid the question mm. look at us uh, upset with the the the, uh, the political system you you just avoid the question and then you, all it is is who was uh, when they talk about it on five live it was who was the cleverest who did the best put downs who came off looking like a plum
11: but you're going to do a good put down because you've got a few hours to think about it you're going to think of the best one
5: they've got script writers yeah. For goodness sakes, David Cameron and Ed Miliband have got, they've got gag writers working for them. They've got the same people that wrote The Far Show working for them. They haven't, have they? Well, I think David Cameron's got The Far Show guys, and Ed Miliband's got uh, The Last of the Summer Wine guys. Ah, uh, that explains a lot. Oh, oh, get I would out. love
18: it if you were Prime Minister.
5: I'd be wicked. If oh only
18: just for a day. It
5: I don't would think, be just
18: a day, wouldn't it? it I means, don't think you yeah. have to do it
5: for a day. In, in my uh, utopia, which I'm planning everyone will be Prime Minister for a week, you'd have a week of doing it.
18: What if you couldn't be bothered? Yeah, I, I couldn't be bothered. Well, then Could y- you do mine twice? No,
11: well,
5: then you wouldn't, get, you wouldn't get the benefits. I'll
18: do the, the, the writing.
5: You wouldn't reap the benefits of, of uh, you'd be put uh, in, uh, like, I uh, don't know, I've not thought it through properly, like a prison or you something. You know what would happen? Yeah.
11: Barack Obama would get fed up. Yeah. Because everyone would want to meet him. Oh, I just want to go in and, um, yeah, yeah. and he's, for, for heaven's sake, really?
5: Yeah. I don't condone. Not cond- new prime minister. I do not condone. The, um, I hate it uh, this story about these celebrities having their sex pictures uh, uh, put online wow how did and, we leap to that well but you know you, so I, I hate c- celebrities having their privacy invaded but I wish someone would put Barack Obama's uh, private phone number online why I'd phone it what would you say alright mate
18: ok let's do the, the, the chat now ok hello wait no, no doesn't I, do I, I like can't that. do American
5: what was that Its not Irish
18: <laughs> it was the first thing that came out Kathy, you do American
11: well I can't do American man Hello, this is Mr. President Barack Obama, and that
5: is that Barack Obama.
11: Might be who's asking?
5: Is it really Barack Obama?
11: No, it's me. I can't do it.
5: Oh, okay. But I phoned up Quentin Crisp once. I've told you that, didn't yeah. I? I didn't have anything to say to him. He was a, uh, a celebrity homosexual. He was. That was oh, his shtick. That was his raison d'être, wasn't it? He 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 broke down boundaries. Um, the but, ne- what, was he, the but
18: what was he famous for? Being posh, living
11: <laughs> in America, and being gay.
5: Being yeah. Yeah, he was.
11: He wore elaborate hats. I Can know you- loads of people like that, and
18: they're not famous. I know.
5: Can you he imagine? This is what the old days were like—the sixties and the seventies. You could become famous for being gay, and he was. He was very outspoken and um, very camp homosexual when it was um, well, when it was illegal, and when it was uh, then legal but still frowned upon. Well, he
18: was just famous for that. He didn't write anything. He
5: didn't you write oh, a book wrote about stuff, it.
18: Yeah. Oh, so he was an author. But the other
5: Afterwards, ca- a lot of yeah. the other
18: camp homosexuals
11: Ooh. were just camping it up on telly and making out it was a big joke.
5: Yeah, he was living the life and uh, he, he broke boundaries. He was good, Quentin Crisp. Anyway, he, he was famous and his phone number was in the phone book uh, when he was in New York, so me and my friend um, phoned him up. What did you say? Uh, is that Quentin Crisp? <laughs> he went, yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Oh.
18: Who else would be in the phone book? Do you remember the phone book? Yeah, I remember <laughs> the, the phone book. book.
5: 08459 oh, five, 455 double 555 double is the telephone number we are talking about i don't know <laughs> we're what? asking if
18: you remember the phone book
5: do you remember the phone book um it used to get delivered didn't it on the doorstep they used yeah. to leave a phone book on a the doorstep uh, they don't anymore <laughs> is yellow pages still going yeah, let your fingers le- do the walking
11: they leave me that and it goes straight in the recycling yeah
5: you can't recycle yellow pages can't you no well i do you shouldn't oh. anyway what other stuff are we talking about that people can phone in about oh,
11: compensation compo the, should the police be dishing out compensation? Of
5: course they should when if they it, treat people badly and they, okay. they don't do their jobs properly. Okay.
11: If it's no, there's no injury, there's no loss of earnings. Police compensation. What do you think? Is it a bit?
5: Well, you well, <laughs> don't just do that. Put forward my point of view is I think particularly in this case that we're talking about today. But if the police have not done their job their job properly uh, and they have acted inappropriately and uh, they have left someone traumatised, then yes they should pay compensation. You strongly disagree.
11: Well, I just think it's chucking money at a problem when actually they ought to sort it out.
5: What are they going to do? Give her a massage? Uh,
11: she's, in this particular case... Get, I don't get
5: her want- a, a Nando's black card or something. That's what
11: Dave Luton was suggesting. No, you, no he wasn't. She she could spend it on a nice holiday, so it's all to her what she spends it on, but she did say the money wouldn't make any difference to her trauma tra- No, but, it, experience. But, but, but,
5: but quite often in these cases, uh, the money is uh, a, a physical uh, proof that uh, um, someone has been punished mm. and, and, and is making some kind of reparation. Yeah, but
11: when it comes down to it, we're punished as a whole because people are fining the police for yeah. hurt, hurt feelings and embarrassment, which, you know, is strong and I, there's no it doubt... It was more it's, than it's, hurt feelings. I know, feelings. I know, I know. But what I'm saying to you is there was no loss of earnings, there's no mention of any sort of damage done.
5: Well, then they should do their job <gasps> properly. They're, hopefully yeah, it will teach them to do their job but properly. in the
11: meantime, they're getting rid of um, police officers. There's fewer police on the streets. They haven't got that's, the money to be chucking around not, and things like this. That's
5: not connected. Those two things are completely separate. Imagine the coppers burst into your house, scared your little kiddies, uh, and they arrested you because I'd phoned up anonymously and said, oh, uh, Catherine Boyle, she's uh, got some drugs and some stolen property.
11: Yeah, it would be bad.
5: Yeah, it would be bad. Well, it
11: wouldn't be- make it any better.
5: No, it wouldn't make it any better. What, what would make it better, then? Them saying, oh, we're, we're, we're sorry. I
11: would want an apology, and I would want to know what they were going to do to ensure it wouldn't happen again. Well,
5: uh, OK, uh, Mrs Boyle, we're sorry we did that, and lessons have been learned. We've given advice to the officers involved. Would that satisfy no, you? No, stronger than that. Well, that's what they've done. That's all else they've done, is that. We've, so we've given don't advice to spend the money
11: on it and, and act a bit stronger.
5: 0845 you can see it's uh, it's a fiery debate. If you'd like to join it 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds,
6: hearts and bugs.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound, looking quite slow moving at the moment between junction 9 at Redbourne and junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. The M25 heading anti clockwise, two lanes are closed at the moment. That's between junction 22 for St Albans and junction 21A. Um, that's due to an earlier vehicle fire there. Also queuing anti clockwise on the M25 between junction 17 at Maple Cross and junction 16, the M40. Very slow moving in Bricketwood on the North Orbital Road, just at junction 21A for the M25. So far on the trains, Everything's running well across the three counties. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: Thank you very much. 7.46. It's Friday the 5th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Milton Keynes woman who was falsely arrested by Thames Valley Police after they raided her home has been granted £6,500 in an out-of-court settlement. A man from Bedfordshire has been fined after being caught using his dead father's blue badge. And experts in tobacco addiction claim thousands of lives could be saved every year if British smokers switch to electronic cigarettes. Oh, don't get me started on those and the smug plum That smoke them. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts, and
25: bucks weather.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio.
25: Hello there, a bit of uh, fog and mist around first thing this morning, but uh, any cloud should thin through the day, so by the afternoon we're looking at a much brighter end to the day. And uh, with some sunny spells too, temperatures reaching 21 degrees Celsius. Now it remains dry through this evening and tonight as well with some clear spells, probably more of that mist and fog developing with lows of 14 degrees Celsius, it's another warm night. So tomorrow, once the mistiness clears, uh, we've still got a fair amount of cloud around, more cloud tomorrow than today, that's for sure. Um, but it does brighten up through the day. Now, I can't promise everybody will see sunny spas, but there will certainly be some around by the afternoon. Um, but also the potential for a couple of um, isolated, but rather sharp showers in the early evening. But many of us will miss those and have another dry day. Temperatures up to about 20 degrees Celsius. Now, there's more chance of sunshine on Sunday. It's quite quiet, really. Um, there may be a little bit of cloud left over from Saturday. But really, that's starting the uh, settled weather for the next week as well as high pressure builds We've got fairly clear nights, though, so some rather chilly starts. That's your latest forecast.
3: If you hear a whisper, give us a shout.
25: Every weekday from 12,
5: Nick Coffer brings you... BBC Three Counties, Red. Right? I've got some great interviews coming up. He was in the trenches in, in France and he was shot. We both look at each other in amazement and can't believe how far we've come with the company. And We love it. We love every day that we do the cakes.
21: Nick Coffer. We're telling people, go out and find about your family story and come back and pay tribute to them in, in a way that is a living, breathing legacy. Got a strong local link, hasn't it? A strong local link. Amy
13: Merritt, she's originally from New Zealand, now settled in Buckinghamshire. Nick Coffer. I think it could be
5: brilliant. Weekdays from twelve on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Boy, oh boy, it's a busy show. If you want to give us a call, um, police compensation seems to be the uh, main uh, topic of debate this morning. But we're also asking, um, ever used a blue badge when you shouldn't have done? Now we we, we can put out. What do you think about it? And everyone on the phone and say, oh, it's disgusting. It's outrageous. Okay. Would you admit to using one when you shouldn't have done? Oh eight four five nine 455 555. Also, remember the phone book. Liz is in Hitchin. Morning, Liz. Hi, Ian. Phone books. Yes, I get one posted through my door. Gosh, that must be thin. They used to be so fat that they'd leave them on the doorstep. That's
7: right. They used to be really fat, but I think it might be because um, a lot of people go ex-directory now, so there's not
5: so many people in the book. <laughs> it's not so. Much... I remember back in the uh, the day, it was de rigueur for the uh, strong men to rip phone books in half. I'm guessing if it's quite thin, probably even I could do it. Yes. How often is it come every... I can do it. Does well, it come like every color. year or something? Sorry. Does it come every year? Yes. I've got a 2014-15 at the moment I can't think of anything so old-fashioned as as, as a phone book yes yeah, it's from BT phone book and it's got it's not just businesses it's got people's name like you know no,
26: no it's got residential names in it yes it's just, it, yes I get one every single year
5: I'm trying to think and obviously it's just your local area isn't it
7: I don't know. I'd to be on this video, but um, yes, I get one all the while. When would you?
5: I'm just trying to think. When was? When would anyone need to look up a, someone a civilian's phone number that they didn't already have? I haven't needed to do that since 1982. Well, that's very true. Yeah. yeah. Yes. When did you last use it, Liz? Uh, oh. I can't remember. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> it's it, just in the cupboard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just in the cupboard collecting dust. Liz, thank you very much indeed. When would you need to call someone when you don't already have their number that's a person? I was
11: just thinking we could do it upstairs in the office. Why? Because sometimes we have to go through the electoral roll to find people, don't we? And actually, they might be in the phone book.
5: Um, yeah, but then you'd need loads of phone books for beds, hearts and bucks. You'd yeah, need, well, what, about books. a dozen phone books?
11: We've got nothing but space
5: We've well, not got that much space. A mess upstairs. Mm. Okay, well we'll see. we'll see. Well, maybe I'll get his Christmas is coming up. You never know. You might get one. He's hoping. His fingers crossed. Now we've been following the case of a Watford man looking to be rehoused by the council after his current landlord decided to sell up. Steve McMahon was forced to give up work after damaging his neck and back while working underneath a boiler when he twisted awkwardly. He wants to be allowed to keep his dog with him, as uh, he says the pet is the only thing which keeps him going. We can speak to Steve now. Morning, Steve. Good morning. So you, you, it sounds like, a, the way I phrase it there, it sounds like a trivial, trivial injury. You were a, a gas boiler man, uh, and you kind of, you, you, you were going round the back of a boiler in a tight cupboard. But you actually injured yourself really badly, didn't you?
15: Yeah, I herniated two discs in my neck and uh, displaced a further four. So it was, it's basically equivalent to breaking my neck in one, possibly two places.
5: And you've not been able to work since, and you've no. been you've been in agony?
15: Uh, pretty much, yeah. I'm on about 15 to 20 tablets a day, and in the past 18 months I've had um, equivalent of about 15, 16-facet uh, epidural-type injections into my spine and, and neck.
5: And the, the reason that Lionel, for that is indeed the dog's name, uh, yep. is so important to, to you. Well, you, you tell us why he's so important.
15: Well, it's pretty much um, he gets me up in the morning. Um, some mornings it's very difficult um, I, i can't sleep very well as you can uh appreciate um and every morning you know it's a struggle to get up um I, I start the day with a handful of tablets and i end the day with a handful of tablets and it'd be very easy for me to just lie down and uh let let it, let the day go by but um when you've got some some well an animal looking at you wanting to go out and it forces you to get up, it forces yeah. you to go out, it forces you to do a bit of exercise.
5: Yeah, because it, it's not just you that you're responsible for. You, you are responsible for another another living thing, so you, you've got to do stuff.
15: Well, exactly. When I re- when you rescue an animal, you've got a duty of care to provide food, shelter and exercise to it. So
5: Now, we spoke recently because uh, you're being kicked out of your place because your landlord wants to sell up. Uh, yep. and uh, uh, Watford borough council said yeah we can find your place but i'm afraid Lionel's going to have to go you can't bring the dog with you mm. that's where we left it the other day yep. I, I believe that there's that there's things have moved on a little bit where are we now
15: um at the moment 5050 i may uh, have a chance of a, of a property um they're actually viewing it today would have doing an inspection on it today and uh, with the land, with the landlord's consent They have said that uh, there's a possibility I can I can keep the dog, but there is a bit of a caveat to that as well. Go on. Um, I've had to sign an agreement that I've got to give back approximately 18 to 20 percent of my uh, benefits back. What? Um, The housing cap, housing cap for the Watford area is 650 pounds per month. Yeah. The landlord of the property wants 700. So Watford have turned around and said that they're not going to pay any extra, and I have to pay 50 pounds out of my benefits. Now it may seem very, un- very um, ungrateful of me, but it's 15 pounds a week, and in real terms, that's three days of a food budget for me. So I budget roughly to live on five pounds a day.
5: Five? How do you survive on five pounds a day?
15: Well, that's that's. It. I, I, I stagger to read, when I read all these uh, people are earning these thousands and thousands of pounds through benefits. I don't know how to do it because I can't seem to get anything out of the benefit system. <laughs> you're doing it wrong, Steve. Uh, I know, I know. I, well, I, I can't even get disability living allowance.
5: So you're living on five quid a day. Yeah. This is going to cost you uh, uh, fifteen quid a week out of yeah. that. I'm assuming you've sat down with a pen and paper and a calculator. Can you do it? Can you? Could you live like that?
15: Well, well us hope we've got a mild winter coming up. Um, if we have a severe winter like we did last year, then things are going to be very, very difficult. And it's, what, what um, bugs me as well, if putting things into perspective, Watford spent nearly close on six million pound on a on a duck pond, let's say, in the town centre in the Grand Parade.
5: It's a very nice pond, Steve.
15: It's a very nice pond, but if you be, be, if you think and do some basic mathematics, that could have purchased 25 one bedroom properties at the current housing market. And rental on those 25 one bedroom properties would have generated a quarter of a million pounds per year in revenue, which would have paid for the properties outright within 15 to 20 years. Now surely it would have been better to house 30 people Rather than a duck pond, which has no revenue returning back to the council, I know it's a lovely duck pond. I know it's great.
5: <laughs> <and the laughs> Where are the ducks when- going to live? He said, being Wait. flippant. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're, you're, listen. Your point is, uh, I, I take your point. Of course, I do. It's, it, it, it's priorities, isn't it? D- yeah. The council are checking this place out today, are they?
15: They're checking this place out today. Yeah.
5: Okay, and and, and if if it gets the thumbs up, and if you kind of you, when could you be moving in?
15: Well, they say, uh, they're hoping for next week, and I'm kind of hoping for next week, because at the moment I'm just waiting for the Bailiff's warrant right. to uh, turf me out. Oh, bloody! Uh, yeah, well, fingers crossed. And I'd just like to say thank you to all the listeners for all the great me- uh, the messages of support. You- you've got some wonderful people out there, yeah.
5: Well, we have got some wonderful people. We've also got some dodgepots as well, Steve, so I, oh, I-, I-, I hope they didn't get them, in yeah. touch with you. Uh, <laughs> listen, may- maybe we can speak next week or the week after and, and just find out how things are going.
15: Yeah, I appreciate this call, Ian, and uh, thank you again. Thank you very much to all your listeners. I wish you, I, I wish you appreciate.
5: and Lionel, I wish you and Lionel the very best of luck, Steve. Thank you very much indeed.
11: Yeah, let's give him time to find out what normal is living yeah. in a different sort of way. Yeah, yeah. And we'll we'll catch up with him because this is this is happening to more people than you realise. Lives on five quid a day.
5: I know. Oh blimey, I I'm 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 speechless by that. You know, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm, 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 I mean.
11: This is someone who worked all his life.
5: I know he's, hard, he, and he wants to work, his... but he can't because he's knackered his back in a really, you know, do, in a what sounds like a flippant little injury. He was twisting behind a boiler, but he's completely knackered his back. He's on however 20 pills a day.
11: Yeah, could happen to any of us like that. Well,
5: I mean. Steve, we'll speak to you in a couple of weeks and uh, find out what's going on and wish you the very best of luck. I hope it works out uh, the way you want it to. Richard's in Winslow, good morning, Richard. Hello, mate. That's a sad story. Yeah, I'm hoping you can spread some light and stardust onto the show with your unique blend of humour. Well, I'm going to try to because, um, as you know, I've got pretty good singing
3: talents so that you keep cutting off. But um, you probably don't know this, but I, I, I've got a repertoire of songs with everybody's name, known name in the world. And I'd like to challenge you to donate 10 quid to a good charity, um, if I can't sing or if I can sing a song with a name any name you care to choose go on take the challenge Happy, Happy, birthday, birthday,
5: to to you. You. Happy birthday, birthday to you Happy birthday to you, birthday to you. you. Happy birthday Dick Kelly Richard Catherine and Stephen Marcus, Marcus Doreen Happy birthday, birthday to you. many more.
3: Now, as you got it wrong, as you got it wrong, you've got to donate the ten quid.
5: I'll donate ten quid to your face in a minute. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards, and
6: bugs.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio. In little Barford at the moment on the A1 heading southbound, looking quite slow moving between the Great North Road and the Black Hat. If you hear
5: the M1 Give a shout.
8: London bound, looking. Sorry!
5: That, that was junction. my fat fingers! Sorry! <laughs> <laughs> Carry <laughs> on, <laughs> work?
8: And Junction 7 at Hemble Hempstead on the M25 heading anti clockwise. There's a lane closed at the moment between Junction 22 for St Albans and Junction 21A, and that's due to a vehicle fire there and heavy anti-clockwise stream 17 at Maple Cross and Junction 16 the M40 Nicola Richards BBC three counties radio Thank you very
5: much, so should the pe- police be paying out compensation I think when they've muffed up yes Catherine strongly disagrees do you still get a phone book and uh, for Justin's sake what has your dog eaten here's the news with Simon
4: local and vocal across beds hearts and bucks
6: this is BBC three counties radio
1: At eight o'clock, the headlines. Compensation for Milton Keynes' woman wrongly arrested in police raid at home. Bedford Council will keep prosecuting fake blue badge holders and health experts now backing e-cigarettes. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thames Valley Police has paid £6,500 in an out-of-court settlement to a woman from Milton Keynes they wrongfully arrested. Officers raided Louise Davis's home following allegations she was hiding stolen property and drugs. It later became clear that Clear. the anonymous tip-off was false and Louise was completely innocent but she says it's left her traumatised.
7: I'm left with the memories of what happened. Um, it wasn't just things like having the cuffs put on you. When I got to the station I was put in a dirty cell. To be poorly and put in a cell for a crime you did not commit basically didn't have a clue what was going on, and it was absolutely petrifying.
1: Bedford Borough Council is promising a zero-tolerance policy towards people who abuse the Blue Badge disabled parking system. A man from Kiso has been fined after using his dead father's badge in the town. Councillor Sean Hunt says they will continue to take firm action. They'll get
12: prosecuted. Fine perhaps is not quite enough. Points on the licence, I think, would would uh, be much more of a deterrent. Um, but if people want to report cases to us and they, if they think there's abuse, we'd be more than happy to um, sort
1: them out. The president of Ukraine believes a ceasefire deal with Russia could be reached within hours. Petro Poroshenko was speaking at the NATO summit in South Wales, where tougher sanctions against Moscow are expected to be announced today. A new cancer centre is being opened at the Lister Hospital in Stevenage this morning. The £3 million centre jointly funded by the NHS and Macmillan Cancer Support is doubling the capacity of the previous chemotherapy unit. Experts in tobacco addiction claim thousands of lives could be saved every year if British smokers switch to electronic cigarettes. Last month, the World Health Organisation recommended banning the use of e-cigarettes indoors. More details from Jane Draper.
8: Electronic cigarettes are still relatively new and these authors writing in the journal Addiction acknowledge that we don't yet have all the answers about their long-term impact on people's health. But they say it's clear that e-cigarettes are much safer than conventional ones and they argue the level of exposure from chemicals in vapour from the devices couldn't be expected to cause health problems to people nearby. A separate article in the British Journal of General Practice estimates that for every million smokers who switch from tobacco to e-cigarettes, more than 6,000 early deaths would be prevented each year in the UK.
1: In sport, Hertfordshire driver Lewis Hamilton resumes his Formula One title battle with teammate Nico Rosberg at this weekend's Italian Grand Prix. Practice starts at Monza this morning. And Bedford Rugby Club start their championship season this evening with a trip to Nottingham. The weather, another cloudy and misty start for many but with some limited bright or sunny intervals later. A maximum temperature 21 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties.
4: Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From 9. The
0: JVS Show. With the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day, and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. Showcasing the very best of beds, hearts, and
5: butts with great guests, loads of advice, and the music you love. From 3.
0: Roberto
4: Peroni.
5: I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel, and your stories.
0: From 7.
4: Mark Forrest.
0: I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening
6: on BBC local radio
4: today on bbc three counties radio
6: hi i'm simon i'm a saxophonist if you hear a whisper give us a shout
5: morning this is ian lee bbc three counties radio what a busy show we've got this morning let's have a little recap police compensation woman was wrongly arrested in milton Keynes. So she managed to get £6,500 compensation. I think well done her. Shame on the police. Catherine Boyle slightly disagrees. Your thoughts on that, please. Is anyone going to be brave enough to phone up and say, do you know what, yeah, I've used a blue badge when I wasn't meant to? Come on, you know you've done it. And it's embarrassing for Justin... He's been out on the street, hasn't he, Catherine, asking yep. people, what has your dog eaten? It's not gone well.
11: Apparently he's got one story. Yeah, yeah.
5: He we've owes got me a...
11: one and we've just been sitting here.
5: Yeah. He's, he owes me a breakfast, it would appear. dearie, he He's too, gone man. out again. I suspect he may have gone out with a script to see. I don't know. We'll find out. 08459 five 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, Thames Valley Police have apologised for wrongly arresting a Milton Keynes woman following an anonymous tip-off. <coughs> Excuse me. Louise Davies went to the Independent Police Complaints Commission after the incident back in March 2011. The watchdog found that the call to Crime Stoppers was malicious and officers hadn't done enough to work that out. Louise was awarded £6,500 out of court. Well, what do you think? Should the police be paying out compensation like that? Justin Dealy has been asking whether people do deserve money if something is wrong if someone is wrongly arrested. I think they should get uh, compensation. Yeah,
0: o- only because like if you was to get arrested and it, and it wasn't your fault for whatever reason, obviously you got the embarrassment of going through it. If you were if you're supposed to be working that morning, then obviously you missed out on a day's pay. So there's that. And then it's just, just the like, just the
13: awkwardness of it all. Shirley, if you were wrongfully arrested, do you feel like you would be owed compensation for that? No, I don't. Tell me why. Well, you must have been doing something to get the police's suspicions up in the first place. Well, what if well, you were totally innocent, though?
27: Well, you've got to prove it, haven't you? Mm.
13: So if you prove that you're innocent and you've done absolutely nothing wrong, yet you've been arrested, you've been through the trauma of that, would you deserve compensation?
27: No, I'm sorry. We're getting to be... Uh, Compensation Claim Nation. It's got to stop somewhere. And unless you've been hurt or anything like that, <laughs> yeah, let's go somewhere. Mm. I want compensation off of you for stopping me and hassling me when I'm trying to go <laughs> home for my breakfast.
13: OK, it's a fair point, but, but seriously, if you were arrested at home, your neighbours knew about that, you was embarrassed by that, you don't think you'd be entitled to anything?
27: No, I'm sorry, I don't. As long as my good name was reinstated that is it. Money doesn't compare to your good name.
5: And here's part of the problem, what that lady said there. Two things she said were were show why people like Louise should get compensation, right? right? She said, well, the police would only arrest you if, if you've been up to no good. No smoke without fire. So her neighbours might quite possibly be thinking less of her because they have seen the police go they're, into her house late at night. Didn't
11: she say money's no compensation for your good neighbour? Uh,
5: uh, uh Well, hang on. No, let's just address let's just these two things. So, no smoke without fire. People will go, oh, well, you know what happened to Louise the other night? The police were there. And also, she then said, it's up to that person to prove they're innocent. Uh-uh-uh, no. innocent until proven guilty.
11: I don't think her testimony is going to stand up in a court of law. I just don't think, right, this is, this yeah. is my point of view yeah. I feel odd about it because in this case, we're not paying back for any damage done to their property, there's no loss of earnings, it was embarrassing it was humiliating, yep. it was an awful thing it shouldn't yep. have happened, but those police officers have just been given advice they've thrown money at it to make her quiet Yeah. nothing's going to change yeah, I okay. would rather they discipline those police officers yep. properly yep. and thoroughly I agree with and that. there was no money involved
5: I, I, Why can't both things happen?
11: Well, because you're punishing the entire police force, and we, as a result, all of us are going to suffer because there'll be fewer police on the streets.
5: they're not going to be fewer police on the streets because Louise Davis has got six and a half grand no, out of If them.
11: this is the way they do things, settling out of court so that you don't get dragged through.
5: 08459 four double five five double five On the line now is Sophie Kahn, a solicitor advocate, specialising in claims against the police. Morning, Sophie. Morning. You've heard how it's divided, well, me and my producer, Catherine. It does divide people, the thought of compensation being paid out, doesn't it?
26: If there's a valid claim, then yes, there needs to be compensation. If there isn't, then obviously there is an argument that the police can make and they normally... Um, pursue it and defend it um, through court. But on this occasion, um, this, this woman was also injured. She had a back injury. So we have to look at that as well. But that
5: wasn't, that wasn't upheld by the, uh, the Independent Police Complaints Commission.
26: It's a separate matter. Complaints are separate to a claim. In a claim, the evidence is presented to the police to say, yeah. look, one. But it was, it it was, se- it was settled out
5: of court, and there were 11 points put forward, and only one of those was, was upheld. And, and the injury was not upheld.
26: The injury um, is more of a claim rather than a complaint, um, because the IPCC cannot investigate injuries. All they can do is investigate the actions of the officers. It's not really the actions of what's happened to the woman. But
5: the money she's been given isn't compensation in in that respect. It's an out-of-court settlement, isn't it?
26: It is compensation. It's still classed as compensation. Um, but it's um, it's been resolved out outside of court, which is quite usual. Not just in police cases, in all cases, a large proportion of claims are settled out of court. Um, so it's not unusual for the police to do so as well.
5: What about the argument that Catherine's been putting forward—that um, that the money won't make any difference; it, it, it's not going to change things. And some, you know, sometimes the police—they arrest the wrong people. It's tough.
26: It's a recognition, though, from the police. That they did make a mistake on this t- uh, at, on this occasion. They didn't do their job properly, and for that reason, this woman was injured, and uh, you know other things had happened to her. And so it was the right thing for them to, um, uh, you know, settle out of court and recognise that they made a mistake. And they've also offered um, this um, lady an apology, which is very rare. It's very rare for the police to formally apologise to anybody.
5: If they were taking it seriously, Sophie, they, they would have disciplined the officers involved, and they haven't. They've. Given- Given them advice?
26: It's quite usual that they. You know, learning lessons. If if that had oh, been happening, I hate that
5: phrase. Oh, we've, uh, lessons have been learned. Oh, well, lessons for have been sex. learned.
26: That's the problem. If yeah. lessons had been learned, likelihood is this incident wouldn't have happened at all because there is a very strict rule as to when to obtain a search warrant. Yeah. And obviously, though, none of those rules were followed. And you know, lessons are generally never learned. I mean, may, they might be. You know, they might be learnt from now on, but I, I don't think so. But so, but
5: so give, giving advice to the police officers that 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 implies to me that they're not really taking it that seriously advice don't do that again will you
26: well the complaints procedure i'm not a massive fan of the complaints procedure i I can't say i i hundred percent support the ipcc um, because when i come across them it's not there's nothing there only one in ten complaints are ever upheld and there's not really any kind of um, um, address or redress or any accountability following from the complaints you really do need to Bring a claim against the police, and following on from that, you, you know you're then taken seriously, and on this occasion. Um, there is uh, recognition that they did something wrong. So you do have to go the
5: extra step. If it, well, you mentioned the extra step. If this wasn't about money, and if these cases aren't about money, then why do they get settled out of court? Because if, if it was about uh, being proven, uh, proved that you were right and the police were wrong, then surely, and uh, you had the confidence of your convictions, there's, there's a pun, then surely you would take it to court so that there was an official decision, wouldn't you?
26: This is an official decision.
5: But it's out of court. So it doesn't, you know, people, it's settled out of court. It, it, it takes away some of the power, doesn't it? If it had been settled in court, if, if Louise had gone to court and won her case in court, it, it, people would take it more seriously, wouldn't they?
26: But you have to think about the cost involved, taking a case to court. It's
5: well, the, thou- the cost would be covered if she won.
26: Yeah, thousands and thousands of pounds would need to be spent, and to settle a case out of court, you save thousands of pounds to make the same
5: point. No win, no fee. There's all those solicitors that will do things like that. It's, 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 a, it's a little bit of bargaining, isn't it?
26: No, you still have to think about the cost. What is the cost of bringing your claim? And the police also have to think about the cost of defending a claim. And they have to be real, and, you know, the claimants and the defendants have to be real. And they have to protect the costs and if they feel that a case can be settled their duty to the to their client and to the court as well under the justice system itself is to pre- you know pre- prevent cases going to court when they can be settled and that's what usually happens here and it's not just in the police case this is something that across the board cases are generally settled before trial
5: <laughs> I always think that that does imply that, that someone thinks they've got away with it and they've not, they've not, and I know what you mean about it's, the expense, of course it's really issue. expensive, it's a yeah. It's cost
26: issue, you, we have to, as, as solicitors, we have to act in the best interest of the client and the, and the court system and the justice system itself, and if we feel that, look, we're going to be preventing excessive costs, we then have to advise, look, try to settle this case, that's the duty on everybody.
5: So then it is about money then, it's, also, it's about money that you are saving and also about the money that you are being given out of court.
26: Out-of-court um, settlements are based on case law and what has happened previously. So you rely on those cases to say you know, X a um, couple of years ago got this amount for the same kind of incident. So you do base it on what's happened previously if there had been a case you know, previously that you can rely on. But it's very much about being pragmatic, being very much about respecting the system and also trying to prevent any excessive costs because the police are a public authority so the, the any kind of cost they have to pay out that 's what our, our tax p- tax money, so we 've got to think about that as well.
5: This could put police officers if they think they 're going to get um, you know the, the the stern finger wagging and um fine this could put officers off doing their job
26: but this has been happening for hundreds of years. I mean, false imprisonment um, is of ancient um, tort against the police. If a police officer um, stops you um, and detains you um, unlawfully, that, that kind of claim has been um, established hundreds of years ago. So it's, it's something that has been going on for, for years and something that the police are aware of. And they have their legal teams. They have um, their complaint system that you that you're aware of. But it's not it's not something new. It's not, not a new phenomenon. It may be new to some people, but this has been this has been happening. When constitutional rights are infringed, um, there is a claim that has to be brought to put that right.
5: Sophie, nice to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. Sophie Kahn, solicitor advocate, specialising in claims against the police. We've well, heard. Uh... The argument there, 08459 455 555, should the police be making payments uh, in situations like this? Travel news from beds, cards, and bugs.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio in Little Barford slow moving on the A1 heading southbound between the Great North Road and the Black Cats roundabouts and getting reports in of the A421 at the moment being partially blocked between Junction 13 for the M1 and also Newport Road um, due to an accident that's happened there Taking a look at the M25 there's a lane closed at the moment um, between Junction 22 for St Albans and Junction 21A that's following an earlier vehicle fire that happened there anti-clockwise as well rather heavy on the M25 between Junction 17 at Maple Cross and Junction 16 for the M40. So far the trains looking good, not seeing any problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Nicola! 8.16,
5: 8:16. It's Friday, the 5th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Milton Keynes woman who was falsely arrested by Thames Valley Police after they raided her home has been granted six and a half thousand pounds in an out-of-court settlement. Bedford Borough Council is promising a zero-tolerance policy after a man was fined for using his dead father's blue badge in the town. An expert's in tobacco addiction claims thousands of lives could be saved every year if British smokers switch to electronic cigarettes and had an air of smugness about them. BBC
4: Three Counties Radio.
5: Tomorrow, we've got an extended three-county sport. We're live from midday at Kenilworth
13: Road, as Luton hope to register only their second win of the season.
6: He goes for goal, and he
0: does oh. reduce the arrears. Luke Rooney. With a speculative effort.
5: When the final whistle goes there, attention turns to our other teams in League Two. Stevenage host York. The header comes in and Dean Wells has got to that one. And Wickham entertain Berry. What a goal for
15: Wickham, it's Peter Murphy, his third of the season.
13: All three games live in Three Counties
6: Sports, tomorrow from midday here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hi, I'm Simon, I'm a saxophonist. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout.
5: What's your show's catchphrase? Don't think you've got one. We've got one, that. It's a good one as yeah, well. it's a strong one. We, we stole it off of a, a woman who runs a Cliff Richard fan club. I remember her well. Yep, yep, yep. But uh, what's yours? I don't, I don't have one. Do do tell us without mentioning any company names, please. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. I love it when they mention a company name. Well, I'm glad you do. I don't. I know, I know, because your voice goes like that. You get really angry with them. No, I do. I know.
0: I love it. Depending on how angry, sometimes I cut people off. The I day. know. I know. Well, if I say don't name a company, yep. don't name a company, and if you do, expect yep. to be cut off.
5: Then they're, they're nervous. They're not professional broadcasters, and they're talking to you. That's a lot of pressure on some of these plums, oh, uh, so listeners. The, some of these plums, callers, the callers. It's a lot of
0: pressure. They're nervous. They're talking to JVS. But there's just one thing. We say, look, you can tell us everything, all the detail. Just don't name the company. I love it. You say that and straight away they go,
5: well, I rented a car from Hurt. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I bought some clothes from John Lewis. I I love it. Yes. They're nervous. Give them a break.
0: The trouble is, you see, I mean, if somebody names a company and then they go on to make the most terrible accusation.
5: Yeah. We can't allow that. I know, but come on, give cut, cut them some slack. They're not, they're not professional. They're not Sony award winners, like right. You are. They're, they're, but I, I've got a mortgage to
0: pay. I'm not going to allow somebody just because they're nervous. I'm not going to allow them to destroy me and everything I've built up, my empire. Have you got an empire? I'd love to see it. Well, it's a small one. Oh. By the way, have you, can you tell? I'm, I've, I've been alarmed by a team of professionals. I don't know what that means. I've, I've, been, I've had a team of high-security int- oh. intellectuals. Uh, what? And they have rigged a system. In oh, you've got an alarm room. system at home. Then. I asked for extra security in my lounge. Yes, what does that mean? I said, it houses my Royal Dalton with the hand-painted periwinkles. I need extra security in there. And they've, they've put it in there. So you've got a burglar alarm? Yeah. Great, serve loads of people. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one.
5: Uh, They're brilliant, aren't they?
0: Not like mine. Mine's high security. I don't know what that movie goes off as burglar a burglar comes in. got a dusky
5: pink box. And <laughs> yeah, the okay. siren sounds like the QE2. When we moved into our, our house last year, we kept setting the alarm off did you and i didn't they we, they didn't leave us the code so three times the fire brigade i don't know why it was the fire brigade the fire brigade came out the that's first not time, a burglar alarm that's a smoke alarm no no this was a this was the burglar alarm but it was also it was set to the the fire brigade i don't know why so the first time they came out i'm really sorry guys this is really awkward we had a little bit of fun bance mm. second time they came out the bants was a little bit strained the third time really sorry sir you're gonna have to sort out this i know i don't know how to So we 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 managed. We've got it sorted and fixed and and done now. So it's. it's I don't understand why the fire brigade are coming out for a burglar. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's all been sorted out now. So the police will come if they need to. So they connected it to the wrong emergency <laughs> service. I think so. Yeah, the lifeboat would turn up, at uh, and it was it was. Anyway, and half
0: loud as well. I received a letter from uh, from Hertfordshire Police yeah. to say something along the lines of, uh, "Congratulations, you're having a burglar alarm fitted. Please be aware if it goes off more than three times in the year, we will we won't come out anymore." Oh, gosh. Oh, so well, if well, you're, like, false so alarms, though. yes. Yeah. So if you've Good. had them out three times, yeah. you'd probably, if you probably, if you had a fire now in your house, the fire brigade would <laughs> tell
5: you to sling you I think out. if the alarm goes off three times or more, you should be you should be charged. And I did say to them, right. do, I, do I need to pay something for this? And they said, no, 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 just sort it out. But I think you should be charged. 150 quid a pop. Yeah, but it depends what's wrong with it, isn't it? I mean, if it's going off because a a spider. Tough. Has... F- tough. You should sort it out. Too. Anyway, we, 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 could, we could discuss this all morning, Jonathan. We should do it for fun. Well... For us, maybe. What's on your show this morning?
0: Coming up on this morning's Big Phone In from Nine. Oh, I'm interested to get your view on this, actually, Ian. Do you think the government should pay the ransom? to save David Haynes' life. Um. David Cameron has told Parliament he's not prepared to pay any ransom money to Islamic State who are holding a British father of two hostage as we speak. 44-year-old David Haynes was working as an aid worker when he was kidnapped in Syria in March 2013. And this week he appeared in a beheading video as threats were made that he would be the next Western citizen to be publicly killed by ISIL, David Haynes, who's originally from Perth in Scotland, he was being held alongside Italian citizen Federico Mocca. He has now been released. Did they pay? Well, whilst all European states deny it, there's a long history of European hostages being released by terrorist groups with no reasonable explanation other than the ransom was paid. Mm. So from 9 this morning, I want your views on this. Our Prime Minister has made it quite clear and they always do, don't they? They always say, we do not, the British government does not pay ransoms for hostages, for British hostages. But ultimately here we have a man, this is not a soldier, mm. this is not a man who who went over there fighting in any way. This was a man who went over as a British aid worker, helping Syrian refugees. Mm. He was in a refugee camp in Syria and and he was kidnapped by these, these ISIL members. Now his life is under severe threat. Should we pay? Should our government pay the ransom if ultimately it saves him? Oh, you're contemplating this. I can see it on your
5: face. I, I've often thought no, my, but my reaction to this one is yes. Yes? Yeah, I'm just thinking if that was my mum. Imagine. Or my brother or someone, Yes. Yes,
0: We find the money for so many other things in life, don't we? Here we have a British man who doesn't deserve in any way to die. He doesn't deserve to be killed by these awful barbaric men. And yet it looks as if he will die certainly unless a ransom is paid, like Mm. ransoms appear to have been paid by other European governments. Well, from 9 this morning, I want us to debate this. Do you think the government should pay the ransom to save David Haynes' life? You can call me from 9 on 08459
6: 455 555. On FM, AM, online and digital radio.
5: This is Ian Lee.
6: On BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: Up from time to time, someone being a bit cheeky using someone's blue badge for, for, for easy cheap parking. Often it belongs to a family member. Well, it, it, the case of this gentleman, Ranjit Dillon from Kiso, he's been fined for using his dead father's badge. His excuse... Oh, it's convenient. Yeah, of course it's convenient. It's a blue badge. We can speak now to Paul Slowy, a blue badge fraud investigator for a specialist investigation and criminal prosecution company. Morning, Paul. Good morning, Ian. How common is it for, for blue badges to be misused? Uh,
9: about
5: one in five and uh, have you come across people quite often we hear stories about someone using their nan's badge or their dad's badge but uh, w- when they're still alive is it common for, for the badges of dead people to be used
9: yeah what we find is 80 percent of what we deal with are um people using their their relatives badges um but we find about 10 percent of the people we catch are now using a, a deceased person's badge
5: uh, how do you catch these people, what do do you do to to, to find, are you you given tip-offs?
9: Yes we are, we follow up tip-offs from council staff and also from members of the public phoning in and reporting people, Um, but we also have databases so we can actually check the serial number on the front of the badge and find out whether the person is alive or not
5: and, and how is the person then confronted? Do you knock on their door? Is a letter sent to them? How, how does that work? No, we'd, we'd confront them, uh, and we
9: would do that with the police. So it would be council officers working in partnership with the police. The person would be confronted, um, and then either arrested or, or dealt with by the council.
5: I bet they come up with some fantastic excuses, don't they?
9: Well, quite often they say that the, the person is at home, and as you confront them, you know that they're deceased. and Right. You sort of then say, well, I don't think they are at home. And then you get, well, no, actually, they're not. They've been dead two years. Um, and the chap's been driving around uh, using his deceased father's badge and parking in disabled bays. Um, and the impact is, of course, that disabled people can't park because he's very selfishly parking in that bay. I
5: was going to say, but in the, in the great scheme of things, and this is coming from someone who's got a, a mother who is disabled and, and had at least a blue badge. we apply for another one. It's not the biggest crime in the world, is it?
9: No, it's not. But it's something that annoys people. It's like graffiti, abandoned vehicles, dog fouling. They're kind of things that, you know, make our environment worse. Um, and they shouldn't happen. And we should, we should do something to tackle that and stop people <laughs> doing it. But no, you're absolutely right. There are much worse things going on. Um, but at the same time, local authorities do need to enforce the blue badge scheme
5: how efficient are local authorities when it comes to enforcement of this scheme
9: it varies from authority to authority um on the whole not very good
5: and and how could they improve
9: i think more enforcement
5: more work for you of course would be oh. nice. <laughs> Would be nice, wouldn't it? More we'll work for my, my team. Your team. Um, and, and is, is, is that how it works? You've got a team of investigators, sort of out and about.
9: Yeah, I, I tend to I, I tend to use uh, retired police officers. Oh, um, so uh, police officers who've recently retired uh, uh, tends to be men, um, but men or women in their late fifties, early sixties, and they tend to work for me one or two days a week. Yeah, um, working in local authorities. Following up the leads from members of the public, um, there is an issue that that people phone in or email in saying somebody's using, you know, a a blue badge issue to their grandfather who passed away a year ago. Nothing actually happens with those leads. They're not investigated. It's really important that authorities, whether they use external staff or their own staff, do go out and follow up those leads and carry out the investigations. And when they do catch people... They
5: do need to prosecute. And what kind of... Well, this fellow got fined a, a few hundred, a couple of hundred quid, I think, maybe just under £300. I, I, is that the, the, the standard punishment?
9: Yeah, the, av- the average is, is just over 500 which would be a fine and costs. Right. The council, would, the council would ask for costs as well to actually cover the cost of the prosecution. The average would be just over £500, but the maximum um, w- we've had was £2,500. Blimey. Uh, and that was a guy who owned a cab firm... And he was using a number of different <laughs> badges in the cabs. They pulled up outside the cab firm. He'd wow. give his, his drivers a badge. They put the badge on display. And there'd be a whole row of cars with new badges parked outside the cab office. Oh,
5: that's just, that's, that's beyond cheeky. That's brazen, isn't it?
9: Well, yeah, that's getting towards fraud. Yeah. Um, and that's what he was prosecuted for. And he paid a fine of 2500
5: Paul, fascinating to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. Paul Slowe, who's a blue badge fraud investigator. Takes it seriously, they get ex-coppers. He's not to be messed with. No, no, not at all. And I, 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 I just picture the image you're getting into your car. Thank Excuse you. me, sir, I'm a blue badge fraud investigator. That's not your badge. Uh, uh, Is my dad he's at home? Yeah, we know he's dead. No. Oh, what do you do? Just just run away? Fair, That's cop. It. fair, fair, fair cop. Fair, fair cop, isn't it? 08459 four double five five double five.
8: In Little Barford, looking slow at the moment, um, approaching the Black Cat roundabout on the A1. The A41 at the moment getting reports in it, but being partially blocked between junction 13 for the M1 and Newport Road following an accident there. The A1M's looking heavy, heading southbound between junction 8 and junction 7 for Stevenage. And the M1 London bound, rather heavy moving on camera between junction 9 for Redbourne and junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. The M25 heading anti clockwise, is a lane closed at the moment because of a vehicle fire between Junction 22 at St Albans and Junction 21A. So far, taking a look at the trains, everything's running well. No reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Across beds, hearts and bugs.
8: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley, a Milton Keynes woman who was falsely arrested by Thames Valley police after they raided her home has been granted £6,500 in an out-of-court settlement. The president of Ukraine believes a ceasefire deal with Russia could be reached today. Petro Poroshenko was speaking at the NATO summit in South Wales where tougher sanctions against Moscow are expected to be announced. And Bedford Borough Council is promising a zero-tolerance policy after a man was fined for using his dead father's blue badge. In the town. Three county sports.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: Hertfordshire driver Lewis Hamilton resumes his Formula One title battle with teammate Nico Rosberg at this weekend's Italian Grand Prix. Practice starts at Monza this morning following the controversial collision in Belgium.
5: We have got a great car, we've got a great team, and we have the ability to win all the races, have one twos for the rest of the races, and that's really good. we've got to get back to that because we we're doing it for a while. And that has to be the target.
1: Bedford Rugby Club start their championship season this evening with a trip to Nottingham. Kick-off at Meadow Lane is at 8 o'clock. Here's flanker Nick Fenton-Wells. Last year was a disappointment and um, we've drawn a line under it and uh, we're moving forward. So um, for us, it's uh, all about pushing for top four again um, and sort of, you know, going hard and to be a nightcap and getting back to the place that we were in both competitions. In football, Luton could welcome back Alex Lawless for tomorrow lunchtime's televised match at home to Plymouth, but Matt Robinson starts a three-match ban. John Stills Hatters have won just one of their first five League Two matches.
16: I'm not really worried about the the, the start in terms of, of it being mixed. more concerned with the slight lacks of discipline in that game, I think, that have contributed to that.
1: Also tomorrow, Stevenage host York Wickham are at home to Berry. Roger Federer is through to the US Open semi-finals after saving two match points in a five-set win over Gael Monfils.
23: It's just unbelievable to win matches like this at slams, you know. I've won other big ones in other places, you know, but over best of five. Saving match points against a player like Gael in an atmosphere that it was uh, out here tonight, it, it's definitely very special.
1: And England's cricketers play their fifth and final one-day international against India at Headingley today. England are already 3-0 down in the series. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin is at nine.
0: If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. I'll come round. If you
1: hear a
4: whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio.
13: Morning.
5: This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Your calls, please, on blue badges. Uh, how seriously... Do you think we take it too seriously, the blue badge fraud, someone using a disabled person's badge when perhaps they shouldn't? Uh, and is anybody going to, to to phone up and admit that you've done it? You've done it, haven't you? You're probably scared after listening to that last fella. 084594 555. 555 is the uh, telephone number. And also the police paying out compensation. If um, the police have done something wrong, then they should... Pay compensation, shouldn't they? Well, I know Catherine strongly disagrees, but um your thoughts please. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now we're joined by Rita in Watford. Good morning, Rita. Good morning to you. Now Rita, I've been told by my team that you are you are very upset. You've had something quite horrific happen to you.
27: I have, and I'm in a terrible state. Tell, Tell me what's you know. happened, love. Last Sunday week I went on my scooter down Casbury Park, parked it by the cafeteria after I'd driven round the park, went to the ladies toilets come back past the cafeteria to go to my scooter to get the money to get a cup of tea so I could sit in the middle and read and a biggest dog I've ever seen run out jumped me and held me to the ground by my shoulders I was hit hard on the to- tarmac and a man come and pulled him off and there was several arguments between them over this dog I called the police straight away they were very nice when they came, but it took them two hours. And I am hurt all over, and my nerves are gone. And I'm already attending different hospitals for cancer. And I've rung solicitors all over Watford yesterday, and I can't get anybody to help me. I've been promised help and nothing come, and This was in the Watford Observer last Friday... And this happened last Sunday week. So where do I go from here? Where can a pensioner get help instead of just going to the doctors and say, take a tablet and go away?
5: Well, let, let, we'll, we'll explore a couple of avenues and see if we can come up with a, with, with a direction for you to head in, Rita. But just just go back to, to when it happened. So, so you were just standing up, and it, what, it completely knocked you over and pinned you to the ground? It
27: was several yards away from me. Yeah. I glanced at him as I walked past under a table... There was two ladies and two men on the table having their tea or coffee. I was walking towards my scooter, not even looking at him, and it said in the paper I was on the grass verge, I was on the tarmac. Mm. And he ran across, jumped me and threw me to the ground. I, I uh, Every part of my body, I'm now sleeping in a chair all night oh. because I can't lay down in my bed, every part of me hurts.
5: And the, the the chap that pulled the dog off of you, was that the dog's owner or, or just someone who was there? He
27: was a witness, but he gave me his number and name, but the police and I have rung it and we get no answer. Oh. But the police were there. The cafeteria sent me a cup of tea across, which well, was very nice. Good but for them. A nurse came from Watford General. She was sitting there having tea and said, let me look you over. I said, no. I'm getting the police and I'm going to the hospital. I said, and that's where I went. They couldn't find anything broken but my leg and my arm was up like a balloon and I've chipped my elbow. Oh,
5: blimey. Did you, did you speak to the owner, Rita?
27: Well, yes.
5: And what did the owner say?
27: I sat down at the table after they lifted me up. It took two men to get me off the floor. I couldn't get up. And I said, I'm going to get the police. He said, no, have your cup of tea and calm down. You won't need that. You'll be all right.
5: Oh, I bet he said that, yeah.
27: And he tried to, he was very nice. He tried to calm me down, but I couldn't stop crying and trembling. And I said, I'm hurt, I'm hurt, I'm hurt all over. You know, but I got on my scooter, which you don't have to move your legs. The police stayed with me, got me to my car. My car's automatic, and they drove behind me to the police station, went in there at five to three. I didn't get home here to ten past eight that night. Oh,
5: you must have been shattered.
27: Yeah, and a good friend from Shenley, she was there within half hour and sat with me all them hours.
5: Now, did the, let me just have a, explore a few things. Did you um, uh, did, did the police speak to the owner of the dog?
27: Yeah, they've got the names and addresses and so have I, and I've got the police number.
5: Okay, so you, and you, so you've got the names and addresses of, of of the the people who own the dog as well.
27: Yes, I've got okay. it here, and I've got the police number. They were very nice, and they've been here I think once or twice since to have a chat with me. But nobody's—they're getting away with it. These people. Mm.
5: And you're having to sleep downstairs in a chair because you no, can't lie down. I'm only in a studio. Right, I've, OK. I've you can't get into bed.
27: But after a couple of hours of laying in the bed, I'm aching and hurting. I can't turn to me left because I get vertigo. And on me right, I'm in such pain, so I bring a blanket and a pillow and I lay in me recliner. OK,
5: well, that, that that's not brilliant. Have, have you seen... You, you've been to the hospital, but have you? Did, let's do some practical stuff first. Have you seen a doctor and told them all of this stuff about how it's physically and mentally affected you?
27: Yes, and as per usual, have a stronger tablet and go away. We've written it all down.
5: Right. But do, have they given you painkillers? Yeah. And are, are you choosing to take the painkillers or not?
27: Well, it's a bit medical on that one. I'm right. not putting that over okay. oh. what it does to me.
5: Okay, all right, fine. And obviously, I'd imagine if you if you've got cancer as well, are you getting some kind of treatment for that at the moment?
27: I've just been to St Thomas's on Wednesday. I've got several operations oh, on the eye and face. Yeah. And I'm very, very distressed
5: what I I'm can going tell. through there. I can tell. I, well, I, I can tell my mum's going through cancer treatment at the moment, and it's it's a horrible thing for, to have to go through. And then to have this on top of it, It's it, it must be very... I can hear how upset you are, Rita. Well,
27: I've had me breast off a few years ago. My arm swells up, and my leg was all swollen from the fall. Of course it was. And I'm sitting here, or I'm in a shop, and I go, oh. All of a sudden, I get the pains all up my leg. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I'm, what, with the hospital, and I've found out I've got to have a lot more done. They told me on Wednesday, so I'm waiting for that. Me daughter from, she lives, Maple Cross. She has four children. She can't get over here often. Mm. She has to go to work as well. She stayed up in London with me all day on Wednesday, and she was very good.
5: You're having a run of bad luck at the moment, aren't you?
27: I've had enough.
5: I can't yeah. can't take any more. You, you mentioned your daughter, and she's busy with her four kids. Yeah. Have you got any other friends or family that you can talk to about this? Is,
27: well, I've got a friend in Shenley, but her husband's not well, and she has to attend to him because they're both in their 80s.
5: Yeah.
27: I'm 81 gone, and I'm in sheltered housing. There's not a soul in here you can talk to. The The... Walden shouts up, How are you? I go I'm all right, so oh, good goes. There isn't anybody in here you can sit with.
5: Sounds like what I make up from what you're saying, Rita, is that as well as all of this horrible stuff you're going through, uh, that you're a bit lonely. Is that right? No, I I keep busy,
23: I've got
27: yeah. an
5: page. Oh. What are you doing on the iPad?
27: Oh, making a mess.
5: Angry Birds? You playing
27: Angry Birds? No, I'm just still learning. At the moment, I can't get my emails and I'm doing my (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> I, I, I ditched my iPad because I couldn't get my emails. It did my nut as well. <laughs> it's too frustrating.
27: I know, but I'm going to beat it.
5: Good. Good for you. <laughs> well, Rita, listen, li- listening to us, and I'm going to bring her into the conversation, is Marion Birch. Marion, you're the chief executive of Age UK, aren't you? Yes, that's right. Uh, Age, UK, Age UK in Hertfordshire. Age UK and Hertfordshire. Now, you've been hearing Rita's story. As I say, it sounds like she's having a real run of bad luck at the moment. That's right. What, yes. what, what, what it sounds do, awful. Doesn't it just... What, what could Rita do? Do you think? Well, if um,
7: we can get, if Rita gives permission uh, to give her contact details to, to
5: us, we'll make contact with her. And what would you be able to to, to do, Marian? Um Well, we do have a support service called In Touch, which,
7: and I'll ask that team to make contact with her. Um, we also have um, solicitors' for, um, surgeries in our Watford office. Oh, so. Um, we could probably make arrangements for perhaps Rita to have an appointment
5: Rita, what, does, does that sound all right? That's exactly what I need. Now, Marion is is one of the good girls, or guys, OK? We've spoken to Marion. She's yeah. completely legit and completely trustworthy. We've not just plucked her name out of the yellow pages. No, I've
27: been listening. I yeah.
5: listen every day. Good for you. She's a really good egg. W- would it be all right, Rita, if we gave Marion your phone number? Of course, of course. OK, and then, then no, maybe... i not
27: giving your email, because I never get No, do No, no, it turns <laughs> out the email's
5: useless. Don't email her, Marion. It'd be a waste no. of time. all right. You never if get I'll... a response.
27: If uh, Once
7: she's finished on the radio, I'll finish. I'll phone her straight away, and then we can set up something.
5: There we go, Rita. Thank you very, very that, much. That's a All step, right isn't it? Marion, listen, thank you very much. We'll give you a call, and we'll, 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 if you stay on the line, Catherine will give you uh, Rita's details. That, that dog could
27: go for somebody else. Yeah. And somebody else said if that's a certain name of a dog, the name of it... They think it has been
5: for somebody else. I'm yet to find out that out. Well, listen, Rita, with with your permission, we're going to give your phone number to Marion and she will give you a call as soon as she can, I imagine quite quickly. And thank you a million. No, no, listen, thank you for giving us a call. Would you do me a favour? I will. Could you give us a call maybe Monday or Tuesday next week? Yes. And just let us know how you're getting on and and if if Marion's been able to help. What time would you like me to call, please? Give us a call any time. I'm on air between six and nine in the morning.
27: I'm not getting up at
5: six. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Rita,
27: <laughs> no, get up. I'm, o- I'm already up. I'm joking. All
5: right. Well, listen, you give us a call any time between six and nine, and we'll have a little chat. Yeah. You already sound, if I may say, you already sound a little bit calmer than you did ten minutes ago.
27: Well, oh, I'm, I'm frustrated. trying Of course to you are. I have spent all yesterday on the phone, and there there is one that's come back to me, one, mm. but... If you've got no money, you get no help.
5: Listen, Mar- Marion will be able to hopefully point you in the right direction. That, she says they've got a solicitor there, and he will be able, to, he or she will be able to tell you whether they think you've got something worth pursuing or not.
27: Oh, Crumbs, if you see me and see the thud I went. Yeah.
5: And that, you know. Oh, I, I, I bet, listen, I can completely understand. That some of those dogs are so powerful not just a shaggy dog story, is it? Yeah, hey, you've not lost your sense of humour, have you? No, I'm a cockney, so I've yeah, well, we, got one. Oh, blimey, you, I, should, I should put you in touch with my mum. <laughs> Rita, listen, I, I'm really glad you spoke to us. Yeah. Uh, speak to Marion, listen to her suggestions. You don't have to follow them, that's up to you. And then maybe we'll speak Monday or Tuesday next week. As long as I can get help, I'll listen. Good, good girl. Nice to talk to you, Rita. Have a good weekend. Thank you, and thank, you thank you very much. You're very welcome. Bye. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio, let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards,
6: and bugs.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio. In Richmond, getting reports of the A421 at the moment being partially blocked because of an accident between junction 13 for the M1 and Newport Road. The M1's looking busy London bound between junction 9 at Redbourne and junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. Along the M25, heading anti clockwise, there's a lane closed at the moment between junction 22 for St Albans and junction 21A. Now, that's due to a vehicle fire that happened earlier on this morning. So at the moment, some recovery work is taking place. On the trains, delays of up to about 15 minutes on a first capital connect between Luton and St Pancras International that's also affecting East Midland trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much. 8.45,
5: 8.45, it's Friday the 5th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Milton Keynes woman who was falsely arrested by Thames Valley police after they raided her home has been granted £6,500 in an out-of-court settlement. Further sanctions against Russia are expected to be announced at the NATO summit in South Wales today. And the Bedf- and Bedford Borough Council is promising a zero-tolerance policy after a man was fined for using his dead father's blue badge in the town. Right, let's get the weather. Here's Georgina.
25: Hello there. We've still got quite a lot of low cloud around. There are a couple of brighter spots, but um, that cloud should thin through the day. So by by this afternoon, it's looking much brighter with sunny spells. Temperatures up to about 21 degrees Celsius and clear spells through the night as well, allowing that mist to develop with lows of 14 degrees, so another warm one. Um, Tomorrow, a bit of mist around first thing, but generally anyway, quite a cloudy day tomorrow. It does brighten up through the day. It's certainly going to be brighter in the afternoon, but I can't promise everybody will see Sunny spells. There are one or two sharp showers around in the early evening, but they're pretty isolated, so many of us will have another dry day. Temperatures up to about 20 degrees Celsius. Now Sunday's looking pretty quiet actually, a better chance of sunshine, although there may be still a little bit of cloud left over from Saturday. And then we have high pressure building through next week, so it continues to be quite settled. Um, quite clear nights as well, so we're probably gonna have some rather chilly mornings, um, but quite autumnal and crisp, so feeling quite fine. That's your latest forecast.
5: Thank you very much.
25: Every weekday morning
4: from nine, Jonathan Vernon-Smith.
0: Lots to discuss. Do you agree with her? Do you think she speaks a lot of sense? With the biggest questions. Should Muslim women be allowed to wear the veil in court? And is it fair to only give people this kind of benefit for three months?
4: And the biggest opinions.
0: I'd like to hear from you. I feel strongly because... Children should be
7: taught in a structured way.
3: You know, there's nothing better in life than real life experience.
12: Don't Please
3: be Excuse me, I'm talking, sorry. There's two words here, common sense.
12: Run well, away, pet hate. I feel really strongly about it.
4: We're talking about that. I agree with you. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC
5: Three Counties Radio. Right, last 12 minutes of the week before Jonathan Vernon-Smith comes on. Uh, we'll hear from Justin Dealy in a bit. Before that, Andrew's in Bedford. Morning, Andrew. Good morning, in. What have you got for us? Oh,
24: uh, yeah, dogs. My heart goes out to that
5: Steve that's having to get rid of his dog. Well, well no, well, hopefully he'll be able to keep the dog. Yeah. This I, is the I, thing, I
24: hopefully. Say... I faced a similar situation some time ago, and... I know how important a dog can be to you.
5: When you are dealing with uh, not just a physical illness, but also d- d- a mental illness, and he, he suffered from depression, uh, having a pet can can be the, re- the the one little thread that keeps you alive and keeps you going. I know, when I was I was suffering from depression terribly years ago, and the fact that I had a cat, and I know it sounds trivial, meant I had to get up and I had to feed her. So I had to, I had to get up and do something at least twice a day. And that was, you know, stuff like that keeps you going.
24: Yes, yeah, it definitely does, yeah. And and this that uh, sorry to pedigree Pete, but um, is is plan to wheel clamp people that wrongly use a uh, disabled parking space is is a non-starter. Go oh on, why? Well, because, uh, a couple of years ago they made it illegal to wheel clamp on private oh, land, didn't they? Yeah, I think
5: you're I think you're legally allowed to do a wee wee on the door handle. Huh? Catherine, you're allowed to do a wee wee on the door handle. I it was on the wheel. <laughs> oh, that, no, if if it's someone who's parked in a disabled bay when they're not meant to.
11: Oh, that no. Um... Yeah, and what's, it, what's, this, what's this new word you've
24: invented this morning, Ian? Which one? Traumatised.
11: <laughs> <laughs> How
24: did you
5: invent that? No, I in, it's traumatised. Oh, I Oh, listen, Dave Luton... Traumatoids. ...speaks his own... <laughs> he speaks his own language. I like to moose peas. Yeah, he speaks his own and, language.
24: And, and uh, um, I'm sorry, I had to bring that down on uh, on, on Justin, in losing his uh, pay for tomorrow.
5: Go on, well, Justin's here, you can speak to him now all right, How Andrew. How are you, Justin? How are you, boss? Yeah, I'm sorry. The I, tension between I, I these to do two. As, as payback for you, um, trying to
24: diss me yesterday, I
23: thought,
24: mm, no, mm. I'll, have to, I'll have to punish him. What can well. I do? I don't want to be too severe. Just a, just a day's pay. <sighs> so I'll I'll have this match... Um, on the thing so his mm, show gets mm. dropped.
13: Andrew, you're even but, more deluded than yesterday, my friend.
24: No, I'm hoping to bring you back next week though. But right. <laughs> as long as you don't start using words like deluded.
13: Yeah. Oh the power you have, Andrew. The power.
5: Well of course, Captain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew, nice to talk to you. Have a nice weekend. And you in. Ta-ta! <laughs> I do love the simmering sexual tension between you. You hate him, don't you, Justin? No, in actual fact, he's actually a top man. But uh, <laughs> not what you
13: were saying in the office this morning. <laughs> I was saying yesterday that he was very, very wrong. I had a lot of backup yesterday, actually. People on the streets this morning saying to me, my views yesterday on benefits were absolutely spot on. It's a
5: shame they didn't say it into the microphone yesterday. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a shame.
11: <laughs> Seriously, Justin, you and Andrew just need to hug this one out.
5: I think so. Well, I w- I think do you so. know what I'd love? Mm-hmm. Right. I would love to hear a show with you and Andrew an hour two hour show where you discuss the politics and the news stories of the day it would be wonderful
13: Mm, I think I'll um, leave that while if that's okay I think I'll stick (laughs) to playing the UK and American charts from a certain weekend back in the day
5: Uh, now listen uh, you (laughs) don't laugh at him Kelly that's his job Although it's not tomorrow. He's been no, dropped.
13: I've been dropped tomorrow for the football.
18: Oh, that's the best trail ever. <laughs> what?
13: Shut up, Bets. Listen, you produce a programme about unsigned bands and artists, yeah? I can sing Where's the Call? Cool? <laughs> Typical en- BBC discriminating.
18: You're not good enough.
13: I'm not good enough right. Where's your oh, right. so Hang on, oh, I, I thought you said that if you're unsigned and you want to get your music on the radio Give us a shout, I'm giving you a shout right now
5: Well, just
13: Let's have a little no, audition Let's have a little audition now I, I'm not giving it away now I want my fans to tune in and lift the audience on BBC Introducing I'm DVD, trying to
18: where, do people a favour here Where do you get your inspiration from for writing music?
13: I get my inspiration from real life actually
18: And what sort of songs do you write?
13: Um, I know Ian's not a fan of this, but um, I write songs from the heart.
18: What style of music? Um, Soulful. Yeah? Mm. Do you want to give us a burst
13: now? No, I've just said to you, book me for the programme and problem. I'll sing for you. I don't... I,
18: just I d- have to, what, I have you to you hear someone to what, book them. What are your views on Happy Hardcore?
13: No, I don't do Happy Hardcore. But again, can, can to go back to Kelly's point here? <sighs> it's like saying to Elvis Presley when he was alive, I'll tell you what, Elvis, sing me a song and then I might have booked someone did, you a concert. And then he done it. And and someone got did. Yeah, but no
18: one... No, you'd no, guys, for the concert, guys, no one booked Elvis without hearing him. Calm down. Guys, calm
5: down. Dealey, I've noticed when you're talking to your colleagues and also to Andrew... There's a real tension within you today, mm-hmm. and I think I know why. Why? It's because about two hours ago, you came up with the most ridiculous topic ever. What has your dog eaten? Yeah. I said, if that works, I'll buy you a breakfast. Right. And I know for a fact, mm-hmm. it hasn't worked. How do you know that for a fact? Because you, you got one person who had a really boring story. You had to go out and do it again. Who's your source? I'm not revealing my
13: sources. Right. Ketchup. Ketchup. Now, hang on a second. This morning, Brown. I produced content on blue badges.
5: No, I'm not. I have produced content on Great police content. compensation. Great content. Great content. Great okay. content. You came up with what has your dog eaten? Yeah. I told you it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. You poo pooed that. Yeah. Uh, and I've been proven right. The reason we're talking about
13: this is because I was casually reading The Independent this morning. Oh, I was The Thank Telegraph you know.
23: earlier.
13: <laughs> I think it was the Independent as well, and The Daily Mirror. It's in quite a few other papers. Um, somebody's dog, they had a great Dane. Uh, somebody's dog wasn't eating, and it was very poorly. They took their dog to the vets. Forty-three and a half and a half socks were discovered inside that dog. So I've been on the streets this morning yeah. asking people, what's um what's your dog eaten the the unusual things that your dog has consumed? I've come up with the goods. Here's what people had to say. So the unusual things that your dogs have eaten.
3: Stones, yeah. Shingle. Shingle out of a driveway. Well, and they survived. Well, I went I Not to have that it unusual. Out. Had to go to the uh, vet to have it out.
13: Wow, that's incredible. Mm.
3: That's worse than socks, isn't it? I don't know. I've never tried either of them.
13: (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave you to it. Thank you, sir. He's eaten numerous amounts of socks. Uh, He was okay. He pooed them out. (laughs) (laughs) If you're having your breakfast, I'm very sorry about that. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Stephanie, your dog has a bit of a liking to a leather sofa. How much of the leather sofa did your dog consume?
7: In actual fact, two arms of my leather sofa.
13: Wow, that's quite a big meal, isn't it?
8: It is indeed, yes, but he digested it well. (laughs)
13: Madam, we're here with Sonny this morning. A beautiful one-year-old Labradoodle. So far, he's been behaving himself. But uh, you know somebody who walks their dog in this park and they have to muzzle their dog because he eats everything. He bricks, phone books, bricks. phones, you name it, he eats it. He made that and he has to be muzzled? Yes, and he's been to the vet <laughs> twice. He had to have an operation um, because he swallowed something
7: and it didn't come out the other end. So he's had to have an operation. So he has to be muzzled at all times while he's out. People think that he's dangerous or something yeah. because he might bite. But well, he he's just not. eats everything. He just eats everything, yeah. so he has to be muzzled.
13: Margaret, unusual things that your dogs have eaten.
5: What's your dog eaten that's uh, a bit strange? A Rat. Not <laughs> Did you end up going vets?
7: Yeah, he ended up. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. just said it had passed through.
5: Yeah, it's a rat. Dogs eating rats is not that unusual. Just. Really? Yeah, well, no, it's not unusual. So, who's dog phoned your programme? Uh, I spoke
13: to 20 dog, dog owners this morning, mm. got about five stories there. How many stories have you come up with from your thousands of listeners? Well, none, because it's a... Re- no, don't
11: put it we on me! From exactly. Pedigree Pete, whose dog ate a goalie glove. But it was a ridiculous
13: yeah. topic, mate. No, it wasn't. Well, it was. Every dog owner has got a story.
18: Colin's a dog owner with a story. Exactly. Go on, Colin.
24: Hello. Hello, um, Colin. <laughs> I used to have a dog... And um, I left him while I went out to work one day. Uh, it was a long time ago. Have you
5: got your teeth in, Cole? <laughs> y- yes, I've got all my own teeth, thank you. Well, yeah, in a box by the uh, by the bed. No. Oh, okay. Um, okay.
24: <laughs> and I walked into my flat and I thought, Mmm, smells nice in here today." Mm. And um, I left some. You know, you get tiny glass vials of expensive aftershave and perfume. Yeah. You know, it was sent to me. Yeah. Um, He'd eaten those. Wow. Is that not good enough for you? Crazy dog. Oh yes, he was. But he was lovely. Good story. Thank you. Bye.
13: Bye. There you go, Ian. You see, people are coming up with the goods. I've got a gripe this morning, by the way. You, you can get cream for that, I think, now, can't yeah. you? <laughs> can I just say something on the record here? Can I just say something? Yeah, okay, go on, boy. The streets were a tense place this morning.
5: <laughs> He's up on one now. Okay, the streets were tense. I'll tell
13: you why. Oh, gosh. And I'm going to put this on record. Yeah. I feel sorry for Staffordshire Bull Terriers. <laughs> This morning, I approached a man who had a Staffordshire Bull Terrier. looked like a lovely dog. I said, excuse me, sir. He said two words to me, the second being off. And then he walked off. I'm back in Luton again this morning. This is the (laughs) second time in a month that somebody has abused me on the streets, swearing at me for absolutely no reason.
5: Is it my face? You wait until you get to the office. (laughs)
13: I don't get it. I don't get it. What, why would you... You do have a cocky swagger about you. No, no, I don't get it from, from... I've had it from two people recently. Yeah. And again, I stress that I feel sorry for Staffordshire Bull Terriers. I feel sorry for that dog this morning having,
5: having an owner like that. Colin, are you still there? Oh, Colin's gone. What, what? you wait till we move to Dunstable, just, mm. and then it'll be we go. We we'll got a mix. Fresh yep. meat on the streets. Fresh meat on the streets, just. They won't know who you uh, who or what you are.
13: Look, again, I'm I'm not I'm not stereotyping a town. I love Luton. I support the football team. I work in the town. I'm going to be, I'm going to be sad when we leave Luton. But in the last month, two people abusing me on the streets. It's just not on. Come
11: on, Luton. Come it's
5: on. It's really upset you, has not it? No, it has. It has actually. Yeah. Okay. Do you want a cuddle when you get back? Yeah. I'll give you a nice big hug, yeah? Yeah. And then you
11: can buy us breakfast. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yay! Thanks, Kath. What a note to end the show on.
6: Travel news for beds, cards and bugs.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio. The A421 at the moment in Richmond is partially blocked because of an accident just between Junction 13 for Bedford and Newport Road. Take a look at the M25 heading anti-clockwise as a lane closed due to an earlier vehicle fire between Junction 22 for St Albans and Junction 21A. Some recovery work's now taking place there. On the trains, there are some delays of up to 20 minutes on First Capital Connect between Luton and St Pancras International. At the moment it's also affecting Southeastern and east midland trains and that's due to a broken down train nicola richards bbc3 counties radio thank you nicola have a nice weekend
5: right that's it that's your lot thank you to everyone who called in we'll catch up with rita next weekend uh, no next week and make sure she's okay a new podcast shall be released this afternoon about midday it'll pop up on the three counties website itunes maybe this evening or tomorrow thank you cows thank you Kath, thank you justin we'll be back on monday at six until then from us ta-ta local
4: and vocal across beds hearts and bucks
5: this is BBC three
6: counties radio
0: thank you Ian good morning welcome to the JVS show I'm Jonathan Vernon Smith it's Friday it's nine o'clock and on today's big phone in do you think the government should pay the ransom to save to save David Haynes life David Cameron has